Hello and welcome to Revolution, the podcast that talks the future of transportation. Each week, we have different guests on our show from every angle of the transportation sector to discuss their efforts and knowledge on sustainable transport. Thank you so much for tuning into the show, giving us reviews, high ratings, and sharing it with your friends and car enthusiasts. It helps us so much getting off the ground. Now let's get into it. Our guest tonight is the creator of the Eco Dweeb blog, a website that takes readers vicariously through his many road trips in his electric cars and motorcycles, and as he puts it, shenanigans. We have Chris Maxwell in the studio. Welcome, Chris. Welcome. Thank you for uh, bringing me on tonight. Of course, and you'll also hear the voice of Benjamin Spreen, who goes Hello by there. Ben very creatively, or, or Benji, right? Not self-assigned, but yes. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So so uh, we're here as our first show to talk a little bit about electric vehicles, motorcycles, infrastructure, and the uh, general art of clean transportation. So let's, uh, Chris, you pulled up in the Ionic? Tonight? Yes, yes. I've got a 2019 Ionic. I uh, bought it almost a month ago and uh, drove it home from Maryland, actually. So you purchased the car. So, so the Ionic's only sold in zero emission vehicle states, right? Yes. So you bought it used or new? New. New. Okay, cool. So yeah. Maryland is a ZEV state. Mm-hmm. And um, so they sell Kona's Ionic's. Why the Ionic? So I like its engineering, um, but it really came down to with Electrify America basically being the only game in town to be able to let you do things like, oh, I don't know, drive to Toronto from here. Um, the Ionic charges nearly twice as fast as the Leaf. The Leaf was the next most affordable vehicle. The Bolt was kind of not in the running because I don't want a Chevy. Also, it didn't have the full tax credit. Also, it's got a really bad charging taper. Um, you know, I haven't spent more than 35 minutes down to fully charge my car. That's awesome. And that was why I wanted it. Like 120, my motorcycle taught me that 120 miles is the sweet spot, the minimum sweet spot you need to be able to do any sort of actual distance travel, 300, 300 to 700 miles or so. Um, and this car managed to fit the bill. So to elaborate on the charging you talked about with your Ionic, it's just small battery fast rate essentially yeah. is what it yeah. comes down um, to. The battery is only 28 kilowatt hours in usable capacity. So what's, what's it's, it's 30 something kilowatt, 32 max. We but don't know exactly what the okay. actual capacity of the battery doesn't is. doesn't really matter. It, yeah. It, but there's, there's a percentage of it that you don't have access to. So and I, I, I am a fan of that, um, model of, uh, battery management. Um, I think it's a bad idea to give the users access to everything because they're going to ruin it. Um, and this car shows its intelligence in a lot of ways. So uh, not only do you never fully charge or fully discharge the vehicle, but it also will only rapid charge to 94% and then it automatically cuts off. So even when you are stress charging it, it will only let it go up to what I assume is about an 88% actual charge capacity. So the battery never gets super stressed. I've monitored the temperature on it. It'll increase about three to four C temperature, and then it will drop that back down um, as you're driving because it's got a, I think it's an exhaust fan and it's also got a channel that runs through the uh, transmission tunnel. 
uh, from the air conditioning system. So whatever your HVAC is set to, that air is also being channeled into the battery pack as you drive. Right. So it's it's air cooled, but it's actually yeah. using air conditioner air to yes. cool yeah. the pack, which is yeah. wild. Well, um, they are not the first to do that. Mitsubishi actually did that with the iMeve uh, against the recommendation <laughs> of the battery manufacturer. They said, you don't really? need to do that. And they said, no, we think we do. And while I still see Meves with their original battery packs roaming around the city, and I can't say the same for a Leaf. I can't say yeah. I see Meves anywhere. I, I never Meave. thought we would uh, look at the Mitsubishi Meve with, I don't know, in, in any positive light. <laughs> it's, it's a terrible car. Like, I really want to love it because it's rear engine, rear wheel drive, but it's just a terrible car. It's it's too small for the average American. It literally moves like a golf cart. Um <laughs> I mean, the zero to 60 is like 16 seconds. Like it is just Jeez. pathetically slow. Yeah. But with all that said, don't you really want a Renault Twizy electric here? Yes. Because that I would want be one cool. so bad. That actually would be kind of cool just because of how crazy they look. I just want someone sitting behind me because, and, and you have no doors and it, it, it only does what? 26 miles an hour. I think yeah, something it's like a, that. A low speed EV. Yeah, I, I think want neighborhood so EV. Bad, I've tried to buy one. I mean, I, there was a couple in the U S that some ride sharing company like Zipcar, but in San Francisco used hmm. them for inner city transport. Like before, I guess what Lime scooters came out and all that mm, stuff, they yeah. used Twizzies. And, um, Oh man, I tried to find a resell, like one of those that they crashed or something. You can't find them anywhere. That's pretty crazy. I think it's, uh, one of those cars that if they were in the U S I could see people buying them to have as like just toys, take it to the track as like your, shuttle car or oh, absolutely you know um, if you own a business and had a lot of property you had to move around just like nicer golf cart yeah no that makes sense um it's interesting because uh we sold our our the very first motorcycle that my husband had uh was a sax madass and it was this tiny little 50 cc moped but it could go 53 miles an hour it was called a madass the madass <laughs> yeah and on the title it actually sax madass is the model like it was the most beautiful thing <laughs> in the world i'm like i cannot believe the dmv actually put that on the title that's amazing uh, but yeah it was the sax madass and it kind of looked like a ducati and a vespa had a love child it was a cool looking little bike carbureted um, but the people we sold it to bought it to ride around the IR with. Oh, uh, cool. Yeah. Cool. And they already had a yellow one. Yeah. Um, so they bought our red one and now the, the husband and wife team both had their own little motorcycles to run around the IR with. They can start their own racing league of this. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pretty cool uh, oh, looking yeah, little yeah. bike. That does look wild. Wow. Yeah. It's a neat, it was a neat little vehicle. So uh, I'm going to talk a bit about how I got into motorcycles, actually, because... Uh, perfect transition. Yeah, because, perfect transition, so right? Chris, and, and I mentioned this in the intro, you are a electric motorcycle enthusiast. Probably yes. the most influential person, at least in our area, for electric motorcycle transportation. I'm not going to go that far. Um, uh, I think Ben Rich up in... Um, uh, Jersey or New York and, uh, Terry Hirschner in California really deserve those titles more cool. than me. Okay. Uh, but I also would, uh, would like to be on their level at some, uh, <laughs> at some point. And I mean, you know, Ben's crossed the U S I think four times now with a zero. Terry's done it at least twice. Terry was the first person to do an iron butt with an electric motorcycle. So what um, is an iron butt? <laughs> that's a fun challenge where you do a thousand miles in 24 hours. A thousand miles in 24 hours. In 24 Autumn, hours. And it, it has to be an electric motorcycle. No, no. This is an endurance challenge. So any motorcyclist can do it. Okay. And where most people 
have trouble is traffic or they oversleep or, mm. you know, uh, in theory you could do it in 16 straight hours, but most people try and break it up. Um, it's structured in the same way that a Guinness record is. So you have a form that someone fills out when you begin and a form when you end, and then your fuel receipts in between, uh, verify your route. So it sounds like you've thought about this whole process for quite a bit. Have you thought about it on electric motorcycle? Yes. But is before, it doable? Uh, it, yes, it is. Um, but we need temperature to be on our side here, uh, because we live in the South and the South is very hot. Uh, the ambient air temperature really cannot go above 76 degrees if we want the bike to charge at its uh, highest capacity and the is entire that time. Every bike that's on the market or just a particular model or where, 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 where is this temperature limitation coming from? So the temperature limitation is coming from the engineering of the bike. Mm -hmm. So it uses the um, ambient air flowing through the battery to cool it off when you ride. Interesting. So there's yeah. no thermal management while charging. Correct. And no we should fan. probably well, specify this is the Energica. The Energica. Yeah, yeah, this is the Energica. That's not necessarily true. When it AC charges, it runs the exhaust fan. But when it DC charges, it does not. And I think the reason, Why? I think the logic for that is if you're DC charging it, you're about to get on it and ride it. Mm, so it doesn't stay sitting hot. Bingo. And within about 20 minutes of riding it, um, you know, on the next leg to the next station, it goes from the, when it throws the I'm warm yellow battery warning, it always switches back to green before I get to the next exit, like, or the next charge, even on the hottest day that I've ridden this thing where like I unplugged it from the AC charger and the battery was yellow, it still cooled off on the ride to the next stop. So the air cooling is powerful enough that even if you're ripping it, because obviously you're yeah. going to have to drive, it's, it's quicker, I would imagine, at least in a car it is, to drive quickly in between charging legs uh, rather than try and hypermile from stop to stop because charging is so fast. I don't know yes. what this, how fast does it even charge? Um, it tops out at 21 kilowatt. Okay, but it doesn't weigh anything. Um, yeah, well, it's a 600 pound bike. So as bikes Is it go, 600 yeah, pounds? as, as oh, bikes okay. go, it's pretty heavy. Wow. Um, but what is, what's, I mean, you're, you're charging an 11.7 nominal battery pack. Um, Interesting. typically I'm dropping between nine and uh, 9.8, maybe 10 kilowatt, uh, kilowatt hours into it when I charge it. Um, the strategy, I've got a couple routes, uh, in mind for when I attempt this East coast iron butt. Um, and one of them actually straddles between using highway and going really fast to make up time and then reducing the number of charges by going slower, 55 and less through winding areas so that we can get like 80 or, you know, 80 to a hundred miles out of the battery versus the 50 to 70 that we would normally get on the mm, highway. Interesting. Yeah. So there's a lot of calculations, obviously that need it's to be a big done. math problem. Yeah. But that's cool. I mean, I, I'm really excited to see that happen. So I know you're thinking about it. I, I it, can you say when you're planning on doing something like this? It would have to be the fall, and given how weird this year has been weather-wise, I don't know if that means we could do it in September or if we have to wait until November. Uh, but it will. I will make an attempt this year. I, I've more than committed to that at this point. I've already got a team of people together. We're we're trying to get the um, uh, pit stop uh, training down because. Like, let me give you an idea for what this will look like. Yeah. Um, I will leave one charging station. There will already be a vehicle securing the next station that I get to. And the vehicle that I, that was at the station I just left will be going to the site after that. So everywhere I get to, I will have a charging spot. The charger will be operational. 
Um, when I roll up, I take off, I get off the bike, take off my helmet, hand it to someone. They have the other key. They charge the bike. They swap out the memory cards. They program the GPS for the next leg. They yeah. do all of that. I'm going to go sit in one of the follow cars and take a nap. Right. And hopefully with a yeah. heater on, cause you'll be cold. I mean, if yeah. you're doing it in, in if, cold if, weather. If it, yeah. If it's really cold weather heater, but, um, I just need a dark space to be able to lay down for at least 10 minutes. If I do that every charge stop, I should avoid being fatigued because that's actually how Michelangelo painted the Sixtine Chapel. He slept on the um, <laughs> scaffolding about 10 minutes every hour. <laughs> I love that's that you crazy. know that. So Chris, we've known Chris for, I don't know what, a couple of years, right? A couple of years. Yeah. Three. I met him at uh, Team Power Sports. There's a motorcycle shop in the area. I, I think we ended up talking because... You had an electric smart car, and so did we yes. at the same time. Yes, which uh, is a rare find in this area. It's also the best yeah. car ever made on the planet. Yes, I we'll have to do agree. an entire episode maybe dedicated to how the electric smart car, especially <laughs> really the convertible, the on the top of that, yes. is the single best uh, own. It is car. the best transportation device that can cover ninety nine percent of your needs. Yeah, and yeah. and literally takes no space. I can do a three point turn in mine getting out of my garage, <laughs> <laughs> which I do often. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, great ground clearance great approach and departure angles is yeah. the stubby little bumpers as you'll see in our operating videos yes. yeah it, it's <laughs> such a lovely little car it really yeah. really is so do you still chris had a, a smart electric we it, had we had two you we're had down two. to one okay so now you still yeah. have one though yeah we still have we have a black 2014 nice and convertible my, uh-huh very nice and uh, the gray 13 that i had is now living with a friend of mine who went from 36 mile a day commute with an F-150 to a 36 mile a day commute with something that does it for like 90 cents. Yeah. <laughs> That's such a huge difference. Yeah. That's so, very cool. Um, I hated to get rid of the car, but I really couldn't justify the space and the insurance. Right. Um, I'd say the we, space on a smart is pretty easy to justify. The, the <laughs> space is easy, but we already have like six vehicles. Oh, right. Property, yeah, so yeah. I really don't need a seventh. Because the Ionic was an unfortunate sort of um, adult life purchase. Uh, my father-in-law is in declining health. and oh, so sorry to hear that. It's okay. Um, it's that phase of life we're sure, in. Sure. And so our i3, which has been my out-of-town car, I drove it to, uh, uh, well, actually, I took it up to Motor City, and then London, Ontario, and then Toronto, and then back down through New York. I home. remember when you did that trip. That was yeah. epic. That was yeah. very cool. It was a, it was a fun road trip. Didn't blow a tire. Knock on wood. Um, <laughs> crossed 50,000 miles while we were in Canada. So the factory warranty ran out and the CPO kicked in while we were in another country. That was right. kind of cool. That is cool. But uh, it's been a really great, very dependable car. Like probably the smarts have been the most reliable car I've ever had. But this, as, as far as a German car that's got a gas burning engine in it, mm -hmm. this thing has been the most reliable car I have ever owned. So, uh, uh, sorry for the noise. We have a dog down here. Blue, please go upstairs. Uh, he's come to say hello. Uh, he should be okay. We ignore him. Uh, no, so I yeah. have owned a BMW i3 Rex, and so has my father. His car, zero issues, right? Just like yeah. yours. Just trucks through. He used the Rex a lot, and that's really the best way to keep everything yeah. going. I used the Rex a lot on my car, but I had uh, my car coded, and it basically the Rex just sat at the rev limiter for hours on end. And uh, thankfully, BMW covered everything under warranty, but it lived. I basically drove a BMW loaner for six months while I owned that car. But I do love the i3. It's an there are a car. lot of people that, that have that very 
ownership experience and I, I do think I got a good one and yeah. I have a 14 without rapid charging so I and it's oh. base 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 yeah. like it's actually got the satellite radio but it's turned off in the software right so you don't have adaptive cruise <laughs> yeah. control I don't have adaptive car. cruise oh, wow. I have nothing it is the most and that was what I wanted it was the most basic car I actually got that thing for a hair over twenty thousand mm-hmm. dollars with a five-year hundred thousand mile CPO warranty in 2016 I was one of the oh, first people awesome. to negotiate a deal for one under 25 grand right Not I bought bad. mine Not at bad. 21 put 12,000 miles on it and then sold it back to CarMax because I had issues for $20,500. So, something like that. <laughs> Lovely. And, and you got a free set of tires out of it. Right. Yeah. So I probably shouldn't say this on air, but uh, they, the car on the ad said it had uh, new tires, even though it only said it had two new tires. But we took it to the Dragon and tore up a set of tires. We, you know, turned... A set turned of off, rear tires. A set yeah. of rear tires. We turned off all the traction control. It was drifting around. I brought it back to CarMax. <laughs> this was, again, two days after I purchased it. And I'm like, well, I thought it came with new tires, even though, like, when I bought it, the rear tires weren't great. And uh, the guy there was super awesome. He's like, here's the deal. But because you showed us the video of you doing a donut with it, like, we'll just give you some tires. Sweet. <laughs> it was so cool. <laughs> CarMax has a good spirit, I have to say. Like, remember the guy who bought the Jaguar? Was oh, it, was, was it the it Land Rover? Land Doug DeMiro's? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yes, yes, yes. Max Care totally paid off for that car. So Ben <laughs> spends a lot of time with uh, Jag Land Rover products nowadays. I do, uh, yes. Good, good yeah. segue. Have you had any interesting stories with maintenance-related concerns on uh, Land Rovers, potentially with air suspension faults? Actually, no. Really? Yeah. Uh, since I've been kind of working with JLR products, I have been... I'm not going to say they are totally reliable, but I have been surprised and shocked how few issues I've encountered. Probably the only thing I've ever noticed is I once tried to, on the the Range Rover, it's got a trailer backup assistant where you can put in the axles, the length of the trailer, how long the, uh, you know, how wide the axles are and everything. You put a little QR sticker on the trailer and then the rear camera uses that to like (laughs) automatically back up the trailer. And I went through that setup process. This is such a Range Rover product, by the way. Yeah, that that is (laughs) such a Range Rover thing. I went through that process with no trailer or QR code and got to the very end of it where it was expecting to see a trailer with a sticker on it to, you know, then steer the vehicle in reverse. And I obviously didn't have that. And I a little bit bricked the uh, infotainment system where nothing would work. And we just had to pull the 12-volt battery after a while. So, so it didn't know what to do if it didn't see the QR little thing in the back. Yeah, that, I realized hilarious. at that point you're not supposed to be able to even get into the setup unless it detects a trailer detect oh, uh, on the 7-pin uh, oh. light connector. Although I somehow got past that by like clicking on another thing. Well, so. it's, a la- it's, a, it's a Land Rover, so of course it has electrical problems. Yeah. <laughs> so well, what Panasonic about the- did the uh, infotainment on that car, I think. So. Yeah, but it wasn't Land Rover in-house, so how are they supposed to know if a trailer is connected or not? We've had, ben point. and I have a theory about uh, outside people designing UIs for cars because we've seen some weird stuff with that. But what about uh, the iPace, Ben? Have those been uh, either performing well there were some updates with the regenerative braking mm-hmm. on them I, I know you and i've spent some time in the ipace i'm a huge fan by the way i love it what, what how are those doing uh ipace is doing pretty well there was that uh regenerative braking recall uh where there's a delay when you go from regen to ser- service physical brakes um but the kona has that by the you way you can push through it in the jaguar uh, we'll get to the Kona. We should talk about that because in the <laughs> I Kona, it's terrifying. It yeah, yeah, I almost crashed yeah, the Kona yeah, too. Yeah. Um, a little frightening. But uh, I think there's one thing with like an updated AC part, but they've been really solid. And some of the software updates they brought to it 
uh, it went from about, I think, 80 or 70 kilowatt charge rate to now they're doing over 100 kilowatts. So mm. maybe 110 or so I've heard is, is nice. some people are picking that's at. That's perfect. You need north of 100 kilowatt charging these yeah. days. Yeah, I think it's that's an acceptable amount. It's a 90 kilowatt hour battery, but it's not all usable. I think it's closer to about 80, 83 okay. kilowatt Fair hours enough. usable. And there's mm-hmm. no way to set the charge limit on that car less than 100. No. There's actually, so this is, if we should talk about this. There's it, most EVs, you get all these excellent settings to tinker around with all your EV settings. In the Jag, I guess because old people like Jags, I don't know, uh, you have none of that. You can plug in the car, uh, you can tell it when you want the AC to come on, or you can turn on the climate from your phone remotely. Uh, It does have like some very vague scheduling settings for on and off peak charging, but there's no charge rate change potential. You can't uh, set a charge limit of any sort on it. It's just you plug it in and it will... It's always at And you can't even see how fast it's charging. That's true. There is no amp, volt, kilowatt, nothing. You just get the time remaining. Even if you're on a DC fast charger. Yeah. So you have to no use data. the charging screen. Now the, my Hyundai is like that too. I get a battery and a percentage and a time remaining and that's it. Yeah. Really? Same. So the Kona doesn't do that actually. The Kona tells you how many kilowatts it's pulling. Really? Even yeah. at level two. Wow. Yep. Which I thought was very interesting. That is cool. Yeah. The Ionic doesn't do that. Um, hmm. The Ionic feels like a car for... People who don't really, you know, cars are a, a means to an end. It's an, it's the, another appliance that I own type market. So perfect for fleet vehicles. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It, 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 the first, when I drove it home, I'm like, this is the world's most perfect fleet or rental car. Like it really, right. really is the most perfect fleet car that I've ever been in. So I agree with the fleet and rental car, but what about the charging networks to support that type of use? Uh, from what I've seen, not all of them are easy enough to activate. I think it's yeah. a, we're, we're coming into an age where we have a lot of gas car owners. They know about EVs. Uh, part of this podcast and as well as the Out of Spec Motoring channel that Ben and I do is uh, a little bit more of an educational side of things to get people in EVs and doing fun things. But for, if someone's just going in to rent a car that's electric right now, I, I don't know if they could actually get around. If, you know, Like my mom just walking in and renting a car. I don't know if she could do it. I would argue it's probably a bad idea for first-time EV people, you know, if they've never used one, to go rent a short-range EV and try and use it on a trip or over an extended period of time unless they have a charging solution at their hotel or something like that that they And they that's can rely exactly on. what Enterprise discovered when they launched that in Tampa. <laughs> and, and that's so sad because that puts a bad taste in EVs uh, yeah. or, or people's mouths about EVs. Yeah. Um, but they're, well, they, they're really so easy. They, they just they jumped the it. gun on it. Is the problem? Like, really, it was great that they piloted it, but they they just they didn't have the right training to put the right customer in the car. Like, if I rented one, I wouldn't have had a problem. My mother, on the other hand, the first time a charger didn't work, she would be all up in arms. Right. <laughs> so, right. like, you know, the the technology has not reached the fail safe point where. Right. You know, it's like your phone, you plug, you, you know, you plug it in and it works if it, it well, I mean, really, if it doesn't, you try another cable and with the car, it's the same thing, but mm-hmm. you don't always have another cable, right? Like the two yeah. chargers downtown, right in front of the Avery C up church, um, uh, building where the this is city, in Raleigh, in right? Raleigh yep. yeah, where the city council meetings are held the right hand charger, um, there's something broken with it. I don't know if it's, oh, I've seen uh, this on plug share. Yeah. 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 Um, and I, and, and it's sad cause I see people who still plug into it because you'll get a ticket if you're parked there with an EV and not plugged into it, but it won't actually charge your car. Only the one law, on the left the 
actually uh, functions. Yeah. Um, yep. Which really sucks because that's one less charger we have in downtown. And these things have been out there since like 2011 or 2012. So it's right. like, you know, how long does the service equipment last? Well, it looks like about six to seven years is the average expected lifespan. And well, these, these are mostly GE. The, yeah, I was yeah. about to say, these are those older GE the stations, older which GE don't ones. work with the current new Nissan Leaf, as or I've my discovered. Model 3 I thought that was uh, the Eaton. Eaton. Eaton is as well. So the GE ones I've heard have trouble. And the Eaton uh, ones, I just think straight up do not work with the new Leaf. Yeah, well, um, the library it's has a, those. It's a firmware thing. And so if you bought some of the very last ones before Eaton completely got out of the EVSE game, uh, they do work with the Leaf. But really there are very few of them and nobody can get their hands on the firmware because Eaton's like, yeah, we don't do that anymore. <laughs> oh, that's that's a good product support right there for sure. You know, the, the GE are... Uh, the ones that are downtown, at least, like I charge at Hargett Street all the time, mm -hmm. are when they're really ugly units and the cables kind of suck and they're slow. Yeah. Uh, I've seen ChargePoint uh, actually coming in and replacing yep. some of those. So what's the deal with that? So first I want to talk about those cables. They don't use copper. They're aluminum, which I think may be oh. part of why that station's not working because I think that one of the internal connections has just worn out because that's an issue with using aluminum as opposed to copper. So my Model 3 freaks out on those for voltage sag. Voltage sag and that's probably exactly under. why. Yep. So they did that because of the yeah. copper um, theft that was very rampant in um, California. Fortunately, we haven't seen that here, but I've seen lots of pictures of, uh, you know, people who roll up to a Publix or whatever they have out there. And there's no, you know, the EVSE is there, but the cable has been cut off. Um, right. Because they sell, to steal copper they steal the copper. Like that, yeah. yeah. And so I've actually noticed that some of the stations actually have a label that says there is no copper in this unit. Yes. Mm. Yep. Yeah. So that's, that's how I know that those are not normal. Now, and in, in going back to the charge point uh, phase in, so the city and the state, oh, it, it's a mix of who owns the equipment. This Some is for Raleigh for, and North Carolina. Yeah. Yep. So in downtown Raleigh, in the parking decks, the parking decks are, are I think, almost all but one are state-owned. And the state-owned equipment, which also includes the street chargers in front of the... Um, the uh, Natural Sciences Museum down mm -hmm. there. Yeah, those charge points. Down those there? charge yeah. points down there. Yeah. They have moved everything over to Charge Point, and they instituted the dollar an hour uh, right. recovery fee on it. Um, and that is, I'm a big proponent for that because it it it, it keeps people who don't need to charge away from taking. The I'm space. a big fan, absolutely. Yeah. and it's not um, expensive for people who need to charge. Exactly, but I can also speak to um, how often those connectors will break. So we have the, we, we, at NC State, which is where I work, uh, transportation went through a painstaking, like two and a half year process to acquire all of the charging hardware from all of the various schools and entities on campus that had gotten funding and installed a charger in their parking lot. And so once... So those were all done separately then? Yeah, all independently. Because there's like a weird Chatamo sometimes. Yeah. And so, it's so even though it's... Based. Do what? Is it like department-based? Like the yes. Department of Sciences puts in chargers yes. and then human health or whatever exactly. ends up doing that? Yeah. Wow, that's, yeah. So, that's so weird. Different. So no one, someone had to take inventory and go, what do we actually have here? <laughs> Correct. Well, the problem was they all those almost all the stations were uh, PEP, PEP brand, and yeah. the company went out of business. And the software just stopped working. So they weren't getting the metrics on it. And some of the cables were starting to wear out. 
and they knew they had to do something. And ChargePoint offered them a very good uh, trade-in allowance on the old equipment if oh. they upgraded to ChargePoint. And that's so cool. I, I assume they did the same thing with the city and the state. Right. And that's why we're seeing ChargePoint come in as the dominant level two player in our market. Because I, I, I'm always surprised by that. One, I like their monitoring feature. Their app is cool. Like I'm a big fan of using ChargePoint chargers. But yeah. when I talk to businesses, apartment complex about putting them in, they're like six grand for yeah. a level two when literally a NEMA yeah. 1450 provides almost more power in some cases. And the monitoring has a monthly fee too. Really? Yes. Now I can talk a bit about that monitoring because I was just granted access to uh, be one of the charge point network administrators mm -hmm. where I work. So I've been playing around oh, with their monitoring software. Cool. Uh, it's a little, it's not like user friendly, but it's not really meant to be end user friendly. It's, you know, whoever's managing it, it's just, it's, it's, yeah, like, it's, it's a power tool. user. Yeah, exactly. It's a power user tool. It's a management tool, but you can get some pretty cool, like the dashboards, you can see what cars are connected, total mm -hmm. charging power, what the usage of that people using it, you can set up a lot of cool access policies in it. But what I found interesting is on the front page, it tells you the, uh, how many kilograms of CO2 you've prevented. Yeah. And, uh, like and it explains that in terms of trees planted, which I find a little odd because someone who's managing this is doesn't care because right. they're just trying <laughs> yeah. to do access control policies for charging and drivers and, and networks and things like that. I'm a huge charge point fan. I have two charge point home units. Yeah. I'm probably one of maybe 50 or hundred households in the U S that have, um, dual charge point, uh, home units. Uh, ChargePoint did a driver profile on me uh, last that. year or so. Oh, yeah, it was cool. back when I still had the Zero and we had both smarts. Um, and that was one of the quite they they picked me because they're like, you're one of the only you're one of the few households we know of that has two chargers. Um, we'd like to know what your experience is like with that. And my biggest grievance is the way the home chargers are configured. It's not like the commercial side. The commercial side assumes you're going to have like you know, 10 or a hundred or a thousand mm -hmm. chargers associated yep. with a single account. No, it's a one-to-one. -one. So I had to open a new With charge point account to really? add the second charger. Oh, and so, so I have to log out of one account and into the other account on the app. And so like, I've got now three accounts because when we had the I three and the smart and the zero, I wanted to track their public usage separately. So I had three accounts and now all three of those accounts have different dollar balances on them because I just swipe <laughs> whatever card I've got right. to be yeah. able to charge. Like, I just don't care. Like I'm going to use the money up at some point. Sure, sure. Uh, but that's my only real complaint. Now the, uh, the other side to that is their customer web portal. Like I can log into my account and I can download my entire charging history, all of it. Um, how long I was connected, where it was at the location, how many, uh, how much energy was distributed, um, peak rate, all of this really great data. And that's how I'm able to do my annual uh, Brentwood Solar House offsetting report. I love yeah. that report, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, we're, I'm hoping that with the Ionic and the motorcycle that we might actually move beyond 90% offsetting this year. That's incredible. I yeah. mean, that is really the goal for everyone. Mm -hmm. And you're also doing 90% offset without battery storage at home. Correct. Right? Yeah. Which is impressive. It, it, it's, it, it's true offsetting. So, you know, the house consumes whatever is being produced mm -hmm. for First and anything excess goes off to the back. grid. Right. And then I get a one-to-one -one credit for that. Is it one-to-one? -one? Yes. Okay. Yes. In North Carolina Duke currently, Energy? with Duke Energy Progress, it is a one-to-one -one net metering credit. So for every kilowatt hour I send out, I get a kilowatt hour off of That's my bill. That's cool. I've heard of situations where sometimes you have to give like four or five kilowatt hours for one yeah. back. 
uh, their buy sell model is really horrible. And a, an interesting thing to note is if you have a detached garage and you put solar on it, that is considered a that is not considered a residential installation. So you cannot do net metering, and you must do a buy sell. And they buy at eight and sell back to you at eleven. Really? Oh. So what? Yeah. Okay. Well, we won't get too deep into it. But so it's detached garage, and and I would imagine two properties on one residence, or is it garage only? Basically, because I was inquiring about a ground-based installation, and the installer said, well, Duke's going to consider that to be a commercial installation. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be able to do net metering with it. And mm-hmm. that was how, and I was like, well, and they're like, and that goes for a detached garage, or if it is not on the roof of the primary residence, Duke does not consider that to be a residential installation. Wow. That's yeah. wild. No, they, I wonder how technically you can get with this. So so my family, they're looking at getting solar on their roof. Oh, yeah. They have a detached house. garage, but it's technically connected with a breezeway. <laughs> that's right. It's now, not enclosed, but I would consider it one residence. I would say that's a ta- I would think so, too. I mean, you can't pull them apart without breaking the breezeway. You would damage things to separate them <laughs> at the very least. You probably, one, you should do it because I do think you've got a grand loophole there. And um, <laughs> just, just to be annoying. Just, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, I like that idea. Believe me, I cannot stand Duke Energy. All right. Like I have a 25 character name and right. the last letter of my first name would get cut off on the bill. And they refused my interconnect three times because of that. Oh, and I it's had their to, fault. Yes, and it's their fault because they have an archaic billing system. Right. And I'm a, I'm a progress <laughs> customer, not a Duke Energy proper customer. I'm a, I'm a DEP, a Duke Energy progress customer, because I was originally yeah. a progress energy. And then Duke acquired them. Oh. There's all sorts of issues. This sounds very complicated. It, it really is. Oh, but basically, I had to have the billing department add a second user line, which had like a 70 character field and put my name there and resubmit the bill. And then when we expanded the system the next year, we submitted the exact same paperwork that they accepted last time and they refused it saying that the name wasn't right. Oh, of course. Yeah. Well, and so why would they be in, there, there is an email that went to Duke that said, if I have to come down there and hurt somebody, I will do that. You are going to approve this. And that is the final straw. <laughs> I love it. Who That's would have so thought it would have been so difficult to give a company money? It happens all well, the time. Well, but you're not. You te- technically, technically, you're taking money from them. Oh, so right. While, With your metering. while they can, while they can claim the the grid energy, the energy that I send to the grid is cleaning up their, you know, is helping with their renewable portfolio. Uh, that is money they're losing because I'm not paying for it. Mm-hmm. They're actually, they're, and they're not really paying me. They are comping me for my off my off peak use, basically. Yeah. Well. Um, that's pretty wild. It I, is. I do want to, because of just in the, uh, for time purposes, we have some news, a quick change. Ooh, do we? Well, I was on uh, Facebook and YouTube browsing the interwebs the other day and came across a really cool uh, thumbnail of what appeared to be a Model 3 that had no back to it. Yes, oh, the yes. truckla. The truckla. Yeah, that is. Uh... I believe Simone Jertz. Jertz. I'm not quite sure how to pronounce her last name, but uh, Ben was explaining if, to if me who she up was. The queen of shitty robots. Yes, <laughs> that is her. That's that how is, she got her start her. online. She was just. Uh, there's a Reddit page called Shitty Robots, and the idea is that it's a robot that does not do something well at all, and it's it's sort of on purpose, but it, it's they're amusing to watch, mm-hmm. uh, and I think that. I'd say that with YouTube was sort of where she got her start. And all of a sudden 
Trekla. Right. So, so is this is sweet. a a short range or short range plus. We're not sure. Model three yeah. rear Standard wheel plus. drive. Standard plus. That's right. Mm-hmm. Um, that is basically they have hacksawed the roof off. <laughs> yeah, they had to add a reinforcement that there's yeah. a uh, like a lumber hauling rack on the rear, which is partially roll cage, but also to strengthen the car because. Yeah. When they cut the roof, it wanted to fold in on itself as well. Oh. So it was it needed strengthening. Rich Rebuilds was involved in it. About yeah, there was a whole bunch of YouTubers. 15 different, yeah, 15 yeah. different people were involved. Yeah, very cool. The, that, that, the build is fun to watch. Um, it is very. And it, it makes a cute ute, I have to admit. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's cute ute. It's great. Well, utes are a thing in Australia. Sure. You know, GM still makes a ute over there, or did until they got rid of. And they um, have V8s and do home. big burnouts. Yes, yes. And it, it looks cute. Like it almost kind of looks like a, a Subaru Baja in a way. Right. I'm all yeah. about this thing. I love it. And uh, I, I saw they must have pulled wheel speed sensors or got a party box from Mountain Pass Performance. I think they it were, was wheel speed sensors. Yeah. They were doing some pretty serious donuts in that yeah, thing. Yeah, because they were drifting it around, which yeah, you can't do in a Model 3. Tesla doesn't let true. you turn off traction control in Model 3s. You get um, track mode only on the performance. And yeah. it's really annoying because I just want to drift get, my car. Uh, something called slip start, which allows the wheels to spin from one quarter rotation to maybe a half rotation before right. it turns, which is really not any more fun. <laughs> it does nothing. Um, in fact, it may be less fun than the normal mode, I think, in some instances. Well, so Ben and I have a theory that if you hit the throttle just right when you have high Gs on a wet surface in a Model 3 and you and the, the wind's blowing in the right direction that you can really get the back end out. And I've actually uh, if the gotten stars the three, align. <laughs> right. Yeah, I've gotten the three pretty sideways, but like it's by pure luck and by pure surprise because you have no idea when it's going to happen. Yeah. It's, it's, you have to really be putting the car in that situation though. No normal driver's going to be doing it and like cut out. With right. No one's going to try the stabbing afraid. the throttle yeah, yeah. mid high G levels. Um, yeah. No, no one's going to do that. No, but um, Truckla is bad ass. Very and, cool. And I kind of want to do that to mine, even though I know I never would, <laughs> yeah. but I, I just want a pickup truck or a hatchback sized model three. So we travel yeah. with our dogs all the time. We're taking them on a trip to Florida this weekend and back to go see the uh, Falcon heavy launch, which will re- be really oh, cool. cool. And all I want is the Model Y performance here today. Yep. So the Kona was cool. It wasn't big enough. Uh, cool. I, for my driving, I want the supercharger network at this point, uh, just for the speeds of charging. And uh, the Model 3 is is a great holdover vehicle until that comes out. Maybe instead of Truckla, you need, I don't know how to say wagon and Tesla in an interesting way, but maybe we got to uh, chop some bits off yours. So, and no, make someone's a done that. Someone's yes. turned a Model S but into a S. wagon. No I want a Model a three. 3. I like no, the battery tech of the 3 better. No, well, I, I, I completely agree there. Yeah. yeah, no one's done it with a 3, but someone has done it. So there there is a playbook you could look There's at. There's two Model S wagons, actually, I believe. And the then a Hertz. Hertz. The oh, green yeah. one was uh, built by a company who's yeah. out of business now, sadly. Oh, well, that uh, makes The sense. other one is... I'm forgetting the name. It was just some guy. He was awesome uh, with the dog, and he would built this Model S wagon for his dog, which is something I would do. Yeah. Well, cause, because because the whole reason I really have the smart car is so I can take Ellie, my golden retriever, around and she can drive with the top down. Yeah, <laughs> that was my excuse for buying this particular one. But no, Truckla is pretty badass. I think uh, you know putting that together with the whole YouTube team and also keeping it under wraps. Yeah, no one heard about it, and yeah. they did it in like two weeks or something like that, maybe yeah. less. Yeah, they twelve did, days, they, I think it was. Yeah, they did it very quickly. Um, I did read a criticism on Reddit. Uh, the guys that's like, a surprise, right? Right. Um, <laughs> but it, it it sounded relatively legit. He's like, I'm. He's like, this. They they did it right. But 
they he's like i he's like i know that they knew they should have reinforced the car from the bottom before they made that cut, cut yeah. interesting and he's like yeah. i don't know he's like that's the only thing i can criticize about the build was they should have known better about that but everything else they did is correct that's so cool well on yeah. the topic of tesla's being converted the the model s wagon was quest norfolk but uh ev west in california just did a video the other day as well on a Model S wagon. Really? Or no, sorry, Model S pickup truck. They, oh. they cut the back off of it. No reinforcement, by the way. So this is the yeah. week of Tesla pickups then. Yeah, they I never jacked even saw up this the one. air suspension on it by like a manual hardware override. And they were oh. driving around doing donuts. It did not look very sturdy. Um, <laughs> I, I don't think they were done. I think they just wanted to get it up in, in the public because now the other one had happened and they wanted to make sure people knew that they weren't just... Yeah. following that they've been doing the same thing at the same yeah, time. Yeah, but those yeah. guys are awesome. They build some like crazy. They, they had a BMW cool like E46 uh converted electric car that E30. No, E36. they had an E46 like a newer generation like 2001. When did they do that one? I don't know, but I just saw it on on a video and and this guy Was that uh, the one that went like 400 miles before it blew a fuse? I have I don't know anything about it other than I saw it doing a massive burnout okay. and I really loved it. Well, that's all the information one needs. That's all you need to know is it does a big burnout and it's electric. That's cool. That's all I want. Yeah. I've still yet to own a car aside from my, so I owned the uh, model S P 100 D and Ben and I pulled the traction stability control fuse on that and yes. laid four wheel drive burnouts everywhere before I sold it. I've never seen a car convert a tire into just smoke and thin air so quickly it was incredible especially with the arachnids that i had on their super lightweight wheels and oh, they would yeah. just spin right up it was yeah, very cool that was the coolest experience ever i would say uh the the hardest driving experience because the car is heavy no safety aids and it's just trying to kill you basically at that yeah. point it's a lot of weight to control um, right with open diffs i'd like to share though we just talked about how the state of ev charging infrastructure could be a little better for non-tesla evs sure um i delivered a jaguar i-pace to a couple they're probably in their their late 60s maybe early 70s first electric car are they, they retired or still working they're still working okay uh, they're just about to, they own a the, uh, they own a funeral home of oh, all wow. places so they oh. bought a bright orange jaguar i-pace because they were very tired of owning black cars <laughs> black cadillacs black cadillacs as he said yeah Can't say i blame them yeah. no it's a i think photonic red's the name of the color it's a striking but, color you'll know wait, it when the you orange see it. is called red photonic red yeah it's orange i know jag <laughs> well it's an expensive car so it has to you can't call it the name of the color it's not black right, it's no. santorini metallic black if we realize one. it's pink but that's called rose glitter right. exactly yeah exactly. my so, car yeah, is just black in their ipace they had it for less than 48 hours and they embarked on a trip from here raleigh north carolina all the way up to scranton pennsylvania wow and they made it cue the office theme song did I know, they, yeah. Did, did, did they use Electrify America for their charging? I suggested that, and then I talked with them probably twice during the trip, and then once when they got back, and they did not once use an Electrify America charging station. Really? Which, but tell us what they did charge at. Yes. So uh, I gave him a lot of amazing planning utilities because, you know, he's a very nice guy. We were friends at this point, and uh, I gave him all the planning utilities out there. I gave him plug share. He, he had looked at it. But he never planned the sorry, he never planned the trip. Uh, he was just a little too excited to go and just kind of didn't do it. Uh, so he just did plug share along the way, and they took their normal route rather than trying to take a route where they would go along chargers that were better. Yeah. So their first charging stop was a 24 kilowatt DC fast charger. 
at a Chevrolet dealer, which thankfully the dealer was very nice and, you know, they had coffee and yeah. cupcakes or whatever it was there. But uh, <laughs> um, that one, he was like, oh, it was really so I'm like, yeah, I kind of brought up, like I said, oh, try and use these other stations. And then from then on, I used, I think, an EVgo and okay. uh, probably another EVgo. And one that was free at a mall that cost nothing to use, but it was a charge point unit. But the, the, um, the, the but cool... he didn't use anything over 50 kilowatts on the way up. Oh, God. So on the way back, I've told him, make sure you use EA stations. Try and do fast charging. See how that really works. Because it'll probably save him like two hours. Uh, you know, we're, we're sort but of... But they made it. That's that's a huge deal, I think. That, right. That's that, what I was going to say. Is we're say getting they're... to the point where newbie drivers, new EV owners, can, yeah. can if, they, if they take a little bit of time and effort and have plug share, they can get around. Even if you don't, as proven by him, and you just go for it, yeah. you could still make it. Yeah. yeah, you could be more efficient. However, but uh, I was I was proud of that. I was a little nervous when I heard their plan. I was like, "You're gonna go back already? <laughs> you haven't even uh, plugged one in yet." You know, we plugged one in to a 120 volt outlet at home just so they could see how the plug worked. I was like, "Oh." Did they strike you as like the adventurous first, uh, like early adopter types? Uh, not initially, no. They originally talked to them. They were all in on the Audi e-tron, oddly enough. So tell me why. So, okay, we, we, I need to talk about this for a second. We should talk about this. I already know where you're going with this one. Audi <laughs> e-tron. People are going crazy over this car. What like they, They're do? like, watch out, Tesla. Audi's coming out with their e-tron. Like, I'm a big fan. I love it. My girlfriend, Alyssa, is all in love with the e-tron, too. I think it looks cool. It's probably built really well. But it does like zero to sixty in six seconds, and it's only because two hundred and four miles rated. It's, it's right. two hundred and four EPA. It's lackluster. Yeah. Honestly, if you want my opinion, as somebody who used to be a very big Volkswagen advocate, and yeah, now yeah, yeah. I really don't like the company. Um, Audi has always been a brand that you know our sports stuff. If you can afford the S anything, it's great. If yeah, you but buy they understeer a, a lot. If you buy an A anything, it's just. Eh. Right. Average. Yes. The A, a is average, average and an S for superb. Satisfactory. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. I like that better. Yeah. Satisfactory and yeah. average. Um, the e-tron doesn't surprise me. It is a middle of the road vehicle. And I think they were really targeting their like new core. Like I have a friend who works at SAS who has a Q5 diesel. Right. And she had a lot of TDIs before that car and she bought the SUV because she's now a mom and moms are really worried about their babies in the backseat and all of that stuff. And, yeah. the, and the Passat wagon just was not cutting it safety wise. So she mm -hmm. bought an SUV. That's the demographic they're going after with this car. Well, good news because the Audi e-tron is a $400 option. I don't know why I know the cost, but it lights <laughs> up the uh, seatbelt buckle so you can strap in your baby. And easier. it gives you a thorax airbag right it gives you the rear airbags and the light up seat belts. i'm a little offended that i have to if i'm buying but a all audis 90, have always done that i know but should they not just include this the airbag as I, a standard feature they should i don't know why it's a i've never seen any other brand charge for more airbags except audi but they've done it for years i know but it's just one but of those why? things where like it, it it feels like like every option Wrong. on a car will start to feel yeah like a, like oh they they're not going to give you this. Safety but like should be safety, standard. Safety I should agree. be standard. Any safety active standard. safety functionality in any car. Um, Tesla does a really good job with that. Hyundai does a really good job with Very that, good, actually. Yes. On, on the Kona, like it has everything except pedestrian warning, which I already made a joke about in one of our videos. Jaguar Land Rover is also including safety 
uh, active safety features. Are I'm so happy about that because everyone I see is texting on the road. So if you <laughs> can't stop the texters, at least try and stop some accidents. Well, but... yeah, you can't stop people texting, but you can stop their car from hitting something. Yes. So let's do that at the very right. least. Right. And now I'm going to pivot back to motorcycles. Yes. We're thank talking you. About we need safety. To yes. 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 Thank so Energica yeah, is a unique company. I would I would I would definitely say that they are very Tesla like, and mm-hmm. I'm going to kind of give a bit of background about what they've Please done. Do. Yeah. So tell us what kind of motorcycles they make. First yeah, cause of all, the, cause I don't most, get, I don't think most listeners or people I have heard of it. When you said it. you've yeah. got an Energica, I thought, what the heck is that? Yeah. So, is that a, um, do you need is that a like treatment a zero for model? that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So Energica is an Italian like, yeah. company. Uh, their parent company is uh, CRP. CRP has worked with Ducati and practically every other motorcycle manufacturer in Italy for 35 plus years. So the parent company understands race culture and understands what it takes to make a real sport bike. Also financial backing. And financial backing. Very important. Financial backing and supplier connections. Mm -hmm. Very, very important. So um, the... The rumor is the CEO of the company is a guy who makes me look small. Like he's 6'5", like 295 pounds, all muscle. He is this Sounds giant like man. like my father. And they basically <laughs> built the motorcycles around him. Oh, that's so cool. So I love it because it's, it's, big a, bikes. it's a comfortable bike for a large person such as myself. And it doesn't skimp on the power. It's designed to do 24-hour endurance racing. They raced prototypes for, I think it was three years before they agreed on what the platform would look like for the production bike. Oh, I love it. And and swappable battery packs? No swappable battery packs, um, but they are talking about offering battery upgrades for existing owners in the future. That's very cool. Mm. Yes. Um, Real quick, I want to hear a little more about the stats of this bike, because I've seen you ride it by before, and when I was surprised... It was very audible. Yes. Yes, you can um, hear it. I yes. noticed that. And actually, uh, Chris has a YouTube channel. What's it called? Yeah. Eco Dweeb? Eco Dweeb. Yeah. yeah. So I was watching some of his videos and I heard the uh, motor whine. And yeah. it's incredible. I mean, it yeah. sounds like people are like, oh, you don't get the noise with a, yeah. you know, from a gas bike. This thing sounds cool. It actually sounds like a zip line. So Energica, again, has a history. They, they know that you have to hit all five senses. It's got to have sight. It's a very sexy looking bike. It's a, it's a, a big sport bike. Well, big to me, but it's kind of a medium sized sport bike. Um, it's got the sound. I don't know if they have gone to Harley's links where they've added like, you know, straight cut gears to give it that whine, but mm-hmm. it's deafening. I must, I have to wear earplugs or Is I that will what go Harley's doing it. for their EV program. They, mm-hmm. they've engineered some sort of crazy drive shaft for it. And the drive okay. shaft, uh, adds a, a, a whine to it. A custom. Well, they it's engineered the work. gas motor noise for their bike. So I expect nothing, nothing less from them. Are I the electric opine Harley's on... going to be annoying too? I hope <laughs> not. I want to opine on Harley a little bit later. Okay. Uh, Cause I, I think that they're actually a company to watch. The yeah. first product's a, a dud, but I do think their second Act's going to be really good, but we'll get into that in a minute. I just like that yeah. they force the dealers so yeah, back to, put to the specs of the bike. Yeah, so the the Energica, like um, my bike is 140 horsepower. I forget how much torque. It's zero to sixty is three something. Um, it's oh, very wow. respectable. It's it's a very respectable machine. Um, that thing must rip. It can. I rarely ever keep it in sport mode. Um, it's so it actually, has modes. It's got four different drive settings. So it's different It's different from the Zeros in that you cannot make a custom drive setting for it. So that's all done through the app on the phone on nope. the Zero. All, but on the, yeah, on uh, the Zero, it's all done on the app. And right. you've got your little mode button that switches between them. Right. Uh, everything is done on the color display. Oh, that's so much Energica. nicer. And so it's got mm-hmm. four modes. It's got um, Eco, which tops you out at 55 miles an hour. Basically, it will not 
not let the bike exceed 250 watt hours per mile. Oh, really? Like it, that's it's, very it's, cool. It, it, yeah, I, that's what I've noticed. It's very much limiting your power, your consumption. Right. Um, and it does like that, that however it however it needs to. But 250 um, watt hour per mile, that's a lot. My Model 3 gets 250. Yeah. Well, when you think about a big person, tall person on a bike, it's not terribly aerodynamic. No, they're not. Right. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah. So, uh, but so it, it, it's got that mode. I've I've used that a handful of times. It's it's just a little too sluggish for me. Um, urban is sort of the happy middle ground. It's not sport mode, uh, but it's not eco. It doesn't have a top speed. Uh, well, the, which I should say the top speed is limited to 125. You'll never hit that. Oh uh, yeah. There's well, plenty I've, faster. Okay, maybe I've come, Chris hits that. I've come allegedly, close. allegedly, allegedly, allegedly on the test ride. I may have come close to that. Um, <laughs> I can say that from you mean 70, at our private out of spec racetrack. Exactly. Right, right. From <laughs> 70 to 90, if you need to get around somebody on 540, it will move out of its own way. I could not say that about the zero. And that was why I wanted one. I just, I feel safer on it. Uh, anyway, so uh, top speed of 125. Um, sport mode doesn't really limit that, um, but it doesn't give you the full torque output. So it'll hit 125, but it does it slowly. Um, and then mm. there's rain mode, and rain mode is actually a traction control mode. Um, and the new bikes, the 19s and laters, all come with traction control standard in all modes. And ABS or just traction it's control? It's got ABS. It's actually got two ABS systems. It's got the standard mechanical one, and they have a separate one for the regenerative braking. <laughs> oh, so like a little bit of drag control. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's very it's very interesting That's how smart. that works. Um, and then you've got sport mode, which is pretty much, you know, balls of the walls, here you go. Right. You also have four levels of regenerative braking, off, low, medium, and high. And each one of those works kind of the way you would expect it to. Do you know how many kilowatts it can regen? Um, not off the top of my head, but I've seen it. I've seen it go as high as like ten or twelve points, okay. like on a on a good downhill, right. you know, like not completely bad. off the throttle. Yeah. Well, I was just curious if it if it if the regen in some electric vehicles far surpasses the DC fast charging limits set yes. by the bike. Mm, like yeah. the Kona can regen 150 kilowatt, but it only charges at 76 max. Yeah. Which is incredible. We'll talk about that, that later, but yeah. yeah, yeah. I want to hear yeah. more about bikes. Yeah. I don't, um, I don't know. I'll have to, I'll have to do some research on yeah, that. Yeah. Let us know. So, um, so yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a fast vehicle, but they hit all five senses. So it's got sound. Um, it's got smell. That's why they went with the chain because it's something you lubricate. Like it's a, I've discovered it's a ritual with motorcycle people to go out and wash and lube the chain every Saturday. I'm a little too prissy for that. I pay people to do that. Right. You know, I spend $200 a year to have someone else clean my chain. I just right. want to turn the key and go. Right. Right. Uh, but right. you know, there's, there's, there's something for everybody there. Um, I do cool. kind of wish they went with the Kevlar drive belt cause it would have made it quieter, but I totally mm. respect the chain because again, it plays into the, um, the lifestyle of having a motorcycle. So it's got sound, smell, speed, look, it, it is, it is complete. Like, so it's really a perfect bike for someone who rides like a BMW 1200 or yes. something to transition yeah. into an electric yes. bike yeah. or a lot of motorcycle people's in addition to their Correct. current fleet. Yeah. It's, it's sort of like, it's an overkill commuter, mm -hmm. but it's also a bike that you could take from the showroom floor and take it to Charlotte 
and all you would need to think about is where are the charging stations. Right. So, so on that topic, how far can you ride full charge to discharge? Not in eco, because obviously we have highways yeah. around, but like cruising 70, what, 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 what's um, realistic range? At 70 miles an hour with no headwind, mm-hmm. uh, about 70 miles is going to be its max range. Okay. And so I've seen... So on, it's a smart car. Yes, basically. Basically smart car. Which honestly is more than fine. Like, like, you know, 70 sounds short, but I've never run out in the smart. I've actually road tripped the smart car, and I know you've road yeah, tripped yours I took as mine well. down to Myrtle Beach. Right, right. Dirty Myrtle. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, 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 kind of on that topic, the smart, the smart showed me that if I wanted to road trip with a motorcycle, that one, it needed to charge faster than six kilowatt, and two, 70 miles was all you really needed to make it work. Yeah. Um, what the motorcycle taught me, because the Energica, has, the Ener- I should say this, the Energica charges with CCS. Uh, they are the only manufacturer that really has bike shipping with that. Harley will when their bike drops in August. Right, because Zero doesn't offer... Zero doesn't offer CCS, not even on the new SRF. They no, don't offer their DC at all. Their charge nope. tank is a J1772, yep. isn't it? Is yeah. it what, three now or they, six kilowatt? Um, the base model is three, the standard model is six, and you can buy up to two additional modules to take it up to 12. Oh, wow. right. So that's 80 amp. Yeah. Then, or no, no, sorry. That's 48 amp. 48 amp. It's yeah. 12 kilowatt. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you plug it into a 50 amp circuit, it will. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and, and there, uh, I find it in, I find it adorable. Uh, zero's <laughs> mentality is you can just, you know, every RV stop is now where you charge and those yeah. are all over the place. So if you want a road trip, you just buy this expensive special you know, level two adapter. <laughs> right. And then and go pay and, to rent your RV spot yes. and then go and then look like look an at, idiot next to a guy with a million dollar bus. It's adorable. <laughs> yeah. Like I said, it's very adorable, <laughs> but it, they, they did that based off of what their existing customers have already done with the DigiNow modifications and stuff like that. Anyway, I didn't want that. I wanted, I wanted something that used DC fast because I knew Electrify America was coming and I already knew that uh, several corridors in North Carolina already qualified under the uh, federal DOT requirements for um, alternative fuel corridor signage, i.e. You can, you can charge your EV in this corridor over the next like 100 miles. Okay, yeah. cool. cool. Um, and so uh, because I knew that infrastructure was already there, I was like, okay, I want a bike. The next bike needs to be able to actually road trip, which means I'm good with it taking me five hours to get to Charlotte, but that's, that's it. Like three hours ride and no more than two hours of charge time. Right. Whereas with the zero, you were down for two hours on average wow. to charge at each stop. So that, that is crazy. So I really wanted a zero for a long time and I had found a company and I believe they're the same company that makes the J adapter that the same ones that make the Chatamo adapter for the original Tesla Roadster mm-hmm. that they had made one for the zero. Yeah, that goes uh, right onto the high voltage battery yeah. pack. I think it tricks right. it into getting. Regen. It thinks it's regening. That's like. what yes. the Roadster does. Yeah. The Roadster, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, it and taps the Rav Four yeah. electric. Right, but I don't know. I didn't really want a janky solution like that. So right. I'm and glad that there are bikes here that support fast charging. But see, again, there's something for everybody. So all the zero people <clears throat> that I met are very tinkerish tuner type people, oh. and so zero kind of hasn't evolved the product because the aftermarket's there. Right, exactly. And, you know, Energica can't really boast that. At the same time, you know, it's the only bike where you can come to Raleigh, buy it, and take it to Charlotte. 
Yeah, because they don't have an aftermarket means that the product's probably good enough <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. where well, it's not it, needed. It, it it's had a to. turnkey solution, so you've got exactly DC fast charging, yes. faster onboard charging, well, I imagine. Well, no, even. it doesn't. No? no, it's a three kilowatt AC onboard. It is, kil- well, with it, CCS, I guess that makes up for it some. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it, it it's frustrating to me because the bike could charge in two and a half hours on level two if they just gave it a six kilowatt charger. And yeah. why they didn't do that, I don't know. It's and like the it, battery can take it. Right, exactly. I don't know if it's a software limitation. I don't know if it was just, you know, the hardware that they bought, you know. Could be size restrictions, weight yeah. restrictions. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I don't know what the logic was behind it, but mm. that's the only gripe I have with it is that it doesn't have a faster onboard AC charger. Right. Well, mm. I, I think we've seen with Smart, with other brands, that's going to get better yeah. over time. Oh, absolutely it will. Yeah. It's, it's 7 kilowatts going to become the new the new standard. I really think well, 12 needs to be minimum. I was like just my about Model to 3 say, can be 12, and that's just about like what I would want. I feel like a lot of cars, you know, they're 6 or 7 kilowatts, and I think that's really not enough. I think I'd like to see higher numbers because every high-end EV at this point they're still locked at that six, seven kilowatt. Right, and they're amount. 90 packs. They're 90 they're kilowatt hours. They're battery packs. To do the iPACE, for instance, 85 kilowatt hours usable at seven kilowatts is yeah. a long time. It's I was a 13 actually, hour charge, whereas in a Model 3, you can get that done in a much shorter time at right, 48 like six hours. or seven hours, yeah. I'm, I'm house sitting for someone this week, and uh, I have my um, dryer adapter for my mm-hmm. uh, AeroVirus. Like a 30 now, amp? Now, uh, well, no, it's a 16. It's a turbo core dual. Oh, okay, yep. Um, which uh, AeroVironment is now Wastabo. Oh, I didn't realize they were taking yeah, they over. Re-branded. They rebranded. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, AeroVironment also makes drones, and it was getting very confusing between AeroVironment, the EVSE company, and AeroVironment, uh, the so drone company. So these are the reasons we have you here, because so I don't know these things. Wastabo, <laughs> they rebranded the EVSE side of things as Wastabo, and Wastabo also bought up, like... They bought up somebody. They're they're managing. So it's Wastabo with a W. Yeah, Wastabo with a W. I've never heard of them. Mm. Yeah, uh, mm. actually, if you look on PlugShare, uh, was it used to say Aerovironment in the bottom right, uh, bottom left hand corner. Now mm-hmm. it says Wastabo. Oh, cool. Yeah. yeah. So it, it's it, it, it's something that they did. When did uh, they do this? A year ago, it oh, seems wow. like. Yeah, it's pretty recent. Yeah, yeah. it's pretty recent. It, it's been a recent change. Okay. Um. So anywho, um. I've got my uh, dryer adapter to go to the uh, 620 uh, NEMA, mm-hmm. you know, which is the sideways pin. It looks like a right. standard socket, but it's got the sideways pin. Yep. And then I've got that run across the floor with a rug over it so I don't trip on the cable. Yeah. Uh, plugged into a 50-foot J-long, uh, snaked out a window, run mm-hmm. down the side of the house, and out to the... Uh, uh, the driveway <laughs> so I can charge while I'm there. Right. And I was like, you know... How? Because the the Ionic is the largest battery vehicle I've ever had, um, and I'm like, how long is this thing gonna take to like? If I roll up with like five percent, how long would this thing take to charge on this right. thing? Right. I was like, it's gonna take like eight hours. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm and like, I love that. That's the largest. That's for, it's only twenty eight kilowatt me. hours. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I come I, over in the Model I, X with a ninety kilowatt hour battery. Good I luck. purposely yeah. live on the low end of the spectrum because I want to see this technology in everyone's hands. Right. And I so, love that. You know, it's like, if you can afford an iPhone, that's lovely. But really, we need to care about the people that are stuck with the ZTE. I totally agree. So one of my yeah. gripes with Electrify America, and I'm going to walk this line pretty carefully, is, and I believe we've all sort of talked about this, this is supposed to be, first off, I'm very thankful that they've done their charging infrastructure. It's so cool. <laughs> they've I, I they've made things fan. possible that were not possible before. Right. So please sponsor people. us, Electrify America. We yeah. need your money. Uh, By, <laughs> buying my Hyundai was only Free made charging. possible because of Electrify America's network. Right. And same with my, my Kona trip. I did 3,000 miles, actually almost 4,000 miles in that car. I could not have done that trip without Electrify America. 
But they put all these chargers, of which is supposed to be a punishment from Dieselgate. At least that's where the money comes from, from mm-hmm. the Volkswagen thing. And they put them all at prime locations and Walmarts right off of every major highway. And uh, and, and that's their punishment. And Sam's Clubs. Right. So if, if we're really trying to solve the problem, back to your point of making EVs accessible, from a cost perspective, it's a cheaper form of transportation than a ICE vehicle. Yeah. You can buy a used electric smart car for 4500 bucks. That's a reliable car that will get you around any city to any job and pretty much have zero maintenance. Mm-hmm. We need charging infrastructure in low-income housing areas, yes. in underprivileged Absolutely. places, rural areas, and rural. Yeah. And the problem is, you know, they're only servicing these you know, cars new or expensive, area. right? Yeah. And so, great for people like us. We live in Raleigh. We get access to all this. But what if you live in middle of bumfuck nowhere, right? Johnston in County. Johnston County. Yeah. Joko. There you go. Johnston County is a is a desert. There's no there's charging out there at all. Right. And sure, like there's a whole bunch of people with pickup trucks, but there are people that literally Uber to work every day. Yeah. And they could own a smart car or a iMeve or a Leaf. Yeah. And save hundreds Tons of, of dollars a month. Yeah. If if we just put in the infrastructure for them. And sure they could one ten charge, but still it's to put that in people's faces to see charging. I believe that would have been a better punishment for Electrify America and let the charge points EV goes come into well, some higher that, traffic. I would argue that they're doing part that. Of it. Yeah, that, they're that, already. That is Walmart, part of it. first off, is not a uh, frequent Tesla shopping location. It's not like it's a high-end EV kind of spot. You're and right. Walmart's, they've got them in rural areas. I think they're more focused on the corridor. I yes. don't think they're thinking about yes. city charging for people, but Phase I think one's when they... all about corridor and highway travel. So yeah. Okay. So yeah. Is there a plan to get yes. them? Okay. So now, I'm unaware of this plan. So forgive my ignorance. Oh no, no, it's totally okay. Most people don't even know this is going on. Right. So I know their totally, phases. I just totally don't know okay. what they are. Yeah. Um, before I go into what those phases are, I owned three clean diesels and mm-hmm. uh, I want to buy back before they would have bought the car back for the emissions thing. Cause the last car was a total lemon oh, um, and I was very bitter. And so mm-hmm. the happiest day of my life was April 1st, 2016. I turned in the gray convertible uh, six speed diesel uh, with a leaky top, yeah. and I was it a beetle? It was beetle. I actually really like those. Yeah. I think I, it's, it's I was so his, mad. Uh, I waited. Oh, yeah. I waited over a decade to get a manual diesel convertible. It's in the like US. every man's dream. Or it was before electric cars. Yeah, even my especially husband, if it who hates four-wheel drive vehicles, was like, "That was my favorite car that you've ever owned." Right. Yeah. Was that yeah. cool. <laughs> it was torquey. It steered well. It was a convertible. Anyway, I mean, the TDI engines drive really nice. They we have do. a friend with a DSG one, and it it's like super great. But I get they're not great. Yeah. So anyway, um, I turned that car in on Friday, April 1st and on Monday, April 4th, Mm -hmm. my gray convertible smart car electric showed up on a transfer truck in Durham. Love it. Yeah. Yeah. Which is the same smart car you trailered your zero motorcycle with. I've never right. seen anyone tow with a smart aside from yeah. Chris. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that 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 was 100% the same car. So um, <laughs> I was I was was and still am very angry with Volkswagen. Uh, I have asthma and I actually got sicker in the winters over the years that I owned and drove the diesels. Oh, um, wow. and I think that that may have played a role in it. Cause I always, interesting. I, I didn't realize that it could have that much of like an that. effect mm-hmm. in, in close range. That's interesting. There are some studies that say that it's already caused like more than 10,000 premature deaths oh around goodness. the world. 
uh, the additional pollution. But anyway, uh, so I'm, I'm very angry with them for legitimate reasons. Maybe not as much as some other folks I've met, but like I... I cannot in good conscience buy another Volkswagen brand sure, product. Sure, I can completely understand that. However, I would not dissuade someone from buying one because sure. their electric vehicle platform looks like it's going to be great. And I would buy an MEV car from Ford. I think they have the best program going forward, yes. aside from uh, Tesla, really, but they're yeah. all electric. Yeah, they so have like, yeah. foresight into the future. Yeah, VW Group, I think, could have the potential. Once they get there, I mean, the e-tron charge is really great. But once they yeah. get like some, after a couple of years, that could blow everyone yeah. out of the all water. All they've got to do and, is and just... I hope it does. I'll right. be dead honest. I hope it does. Right. But I am not going to, I do not see myself having another VW uh, badged car in the driveway for the rest of my life. So what's I'm your thoughts mad. on, I know you like Electrify America and that's Volkswagen yes. punishment money. Yes. Is, what are your thoughts on that company? So EA is an interesting beast. Uh, they actually shared the exact same, cause I heard it so much uh, fighting them about repairing that last, that last car. Uh, they had the same hold music and phone uh, oh, no system way, really? that wow. VW had. Well, yeah, because I mean, you know, they've oh, got the same infrastructure. They've got to spin this company up. They've already got the contracts. Here you go. Right. So the company in the last like five, five to six months has really started to become its own thing. Mm -hmm. um, That's what I've noticed. Yeah. They've got a lot of people who have come from all over. Some people came from Volkswagen and Audi. Some people have come from BMW. Some people have come from uh, competing charge networks. Yeah. They actually have a really good mix of staff. And all of them are focused on, we want, basically we want to be Exxon. Right. That, that is, that is their goal. We will yeah. find a way to make this profitable. We are going to become a name on everyone's lips. Well, look, I'm, I'm so happy that this company is formed from a multitude of reasons. I think they are using top tier charging stations. Yes. They're putting in. For the most Almost. part, not consistently, I would say. Yeah, that's true. Well, I, I, I they definitely say have that better units. I think than charging stations in general are a little buggy right now. Yeah. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, I even today at, at the supercharger, my charge session faulted out four times because of a weird connection issue. I mean, I've never had that happen in my many thousands or hundreds of supercharging sessions, but nothing's perfect. Right. Uh, I'd say, you know, we have a long way to go with Electrify America uh, communicating with every different type of vehicle, yeah. but they are legitimately overbuilding their network. I would mm -hmm. say uh, it, for an initial rollout and they've only started, it's been a year since the first one's gone in. Um, not, yeah, I think that's about it's right. It's somewhere around a year. It's close to a year. Mm -hmm. And right. so what, yeah. So phase one, uh, phase one, which closes out July 1st, mm -hmm. was they had to have 484 stations with 2,000 connectors either built or under construction by July 1st. And they have met that goal. That's kind of a big deal. That's huge. That's, That's a very big company. This is going to blow be away. faster this... than the Tesla supercharger I mean, rollout, it's way faster than the rollout yeah. of the superchargers. Yeah. No question. So that's phase one. Phase one was two east-west and one north-south. So 95, 40, and I forget what the other east-west is going to be. Probably 10 or 20 right, is my right, guess. Right, right, Southern route, yeah. Um, so that's phase one. Phase two will uh they're buying tesla power walls and they're putting those really? at um you mean at, the power packs the power commercial packs. Grade. yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Commercial yeah. Grade, yeah, so, yeah. yeah the power packs yeah. they're buying power packs yep. to get around the demand charges right because that's going to kill them especially if you yes. plug in a porsche Taycan 350 yes. kilowatts if you yeah. and your buddy 
in another right. Titan. <laughs> oh right. my god! And then two Edrons show yeah. up. <laughs> so it, it, it's things like that where they've said, you know, we're gonna we're gonna install batteries batteries at our high power sites. That's so important. Um, well, also if the power fails, you can still charge the car. Right. Like it's you know mm-hmm. there's there's redundancy and and, and, and it's also probably better for the chargers to have some sort of frequency yes. booster. So like things will just last longer. Correct. Batteries yeah, solve a lot of problems. Batteries do solve tons like of problems. That. Yeah. So that's part of phase two but the big focus of phase two is um basically level two so it's Mm -hmm. it's addressing urban rural areas um installing workplace charging installing charging in um uh mixed multi-use dwelling perfect that's where it's the most missing at the moment and that's what we need and so like i have been i am there are some people at the dot north carolina dot who probably curse my name um, I have been to every single meeting. That I have the no question of this. Department of Environmental <laughs> Quality um, has has put together about where and how they're going to spend this funding. Mm, um, that's right. And they've held a lot of Zev information workshops. They they basically had maps up and they're like put stickers on where we should have fast charging, and you know it's like a bunch of industry people and like me and two other guys and both of those other guys skipped out before we actually got to the uh, actual workshop. So it's yeah, literally you are the it's only one who me. cares yeah, enough yeah. to make sure that this works. Yeah. I have actually looked at, I forget her last name, but it was Heather with the, in, with the NCDOT and she's like, yeah, we are going to, um, we are going to request the alternative fuel corridor signage for 85 from Greensboro to Charlotte and 40 mm-hmm. from Raleigh to Greensboro mm-hmm. uh, by the summer. And I was like, have you used that? And she's like, <laughs> no. And I'm like, I have. And let yeah. me tell you, you put that up there before you've got redundancy. You're stupid. Yeah. 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 For sure. Like, oh, do yeah. not do that. You right. don't do that until you've got Electrify America, at least two stations in that corridor. Oh yeah. Like that's your, that's your minimum benchmark. You still can't even get to Asheville proper. I know. If, depending on the EV. Yeah. So those things, they just got to put one in like Hickory. It, it, yeah. It's just, there's like 130 well, and, and, and mile then, gap, but it's up mountains. Then there's the frustrating things like, Greensboro has been constructed since November. It's a big install. But it's still not online. Right. Why is that? I don't know. Charging cable faults? Uh, so a uh, contact I've got at another charging company does seem to think that that might be what's holding that site up. Right. Allegedly. Mm-hmm. Allegedly. Um, I think it's actually probably more of a um, negotiating and permitting issue with uh, Duke. Because oh. you know that they are that they are negotiating the rates at these various sites that right. they're going to pay for the usage. Duke's happy to sell the electricity, but they don't oh, want to discount yeah. it. Right. Exactly. And so I think that they are, I think that it's, it's held up in, in committee. Basically, this is all red tape right now. Yeah. It's okay. all red mm-hmm. tape. Cause that's the biggest install in North Carolina, right? Well, the permitting uh, is so far. Yeah. Gets caught up often too. Tesla it had does. issues with getting supercharged installed where they would be 99% done, but to just flip the breaker is, is a There's whole nightmare with people different at Tesla that pull their hair every day. Yeah. Just like oh, when yeah, I took to actually throw the switch on, on my solar array, I can imagine yeah. the complications it is to get a site like that up and going. Oh yeah. Um, I'm waiting for Smithfield. As soon as Smithfield opens up, it will be a one hour, not even not even one hour of charging to get to the coast right which is really cool which is a, right now i have to spend two hours down in benson and that gets me to wallace I'm sorry to hear that 
I know. <laughs> Honestly, where where the charger there sits is right next to uh, Sherry's Bakery, which is mm. okay. okay. Uh, but then there's the cellar, which is a coffee wine bar. Oh, uh, coffee wine. Coffee bar. wine bar with I've never craft heard beer. Of this. Yeah. So it the front trendy. half is a coffee house, and the back half is beer and wine. That's and cool. they have a patio and a food truck. What a cool idea. So it's, it's not, yeah, it's not a bad place <laughs> to crash in the afternoon because, right. you know, you can get a beer, you can have some food, but you're still there for two hours. Right, right. <laughs> uh, anywho. Uh, so yeah, phase two of, of EA's plan is going to start addressing um, more. You're going to see more of a level two focus. And they actually have, I think it's, it's four or five um, site designs and uh, they have a what they call the the slow urban site, which is actually there's one in Wake Forest. It's three fifty kilowatt units and at least one level two. Same with the new one going in Cary. Is it? Yes, I went okay. by yeah. it the other day. It's three fifty kilowatts and one J seventeen seventy two. That's awesome. I haven't mm-hmm. actually been out there since I went out there when, when they it was under construction. It. And you yeah. saw the green. I saw. Did you put it on plug share with yeah. the green? Yeah. So I updated the picture of oh, it. Oh, good. Okay. Um, yeah. It's one cabinet that powers the whole solution. Uh, whole yeah, station. It's just one cabinet. Yeah, that's yeah, it's very very clever. So that's interesting because Wake Forest has more than one cabinet. Now I should also say I've worked with BTC Power to help test the connectors and get a lot of these machines online. Right. Yeah. And I'm hoping they'll call me to get. Carry and um, I'm surprised they didn't call me about Hillsborough, which let's talk about that for a minute. I so, went there. So there is a yeah. location in Hillsborough, but until I called them to tell them that, yeah, you guys have screwed this up, it was actually reporting its address as 3414 Hillsborough Road in Durham, North Carolina, <laughs> when really the station was located at 1990 NC86 in Hillsborough, North Carolina. So why was there an issue? It's not the first time that they've gotten the address wrong in their system. And is this for their website? Where was yeah. the address listed wrong? Uh, it was listed wrong in their app and on the website. Oh, so when, okay. you, when you clicked on it, it the, the pin showed it in Hillsborough, like the GPS coordinates mm-hmm. of so the map So if you navigated there, you'd just go to the middle of nowhere. Well, you went to a sheet station, but a sheet station's with no charger. Huh. 3414 Hillsborough Road is a sheet station. It just doesn't oh, have chargers. Oh, they just mixed up which sheet station. Oh, it gets even crazier than that. <laughs> Somehow, some way, whoever was putting in the pins for plug share mm-hmm. put in the Hillsborough uh, address correct and also that Durham address. Oh, no, really? So, and both of them went live on the same day. And so it was like last Thursday. So so Friday, I was like, okay, we're driving out to the Hillsborough. We're going to drive out to the Durham location. And and it's on my blog. I took screenshots of their app. You can see the blue dot. I'm standing at the address that it claims the station's at. And you can clearly (laughs) see that it's like nine miles away. I I saw the post. I just haven't read through it yet. Yeah. Yeah, So there is no charger at Sheets. Because I've seen this on the map. And I just assume, oh, there's a charger at the Sheets in Hillsborough There is one at one Sheets. There is at the Hillsborough. Yes. I've been to the Hillsborough. But not in Durham. Yeah. So So the the dots are, oh my God. Yeah. So, (laughs) and, and, you know, it honest mistake like it's data entry who you know they may have interns doing this like i'm not going to get super upset about that and they fixed it within 24 hours like i think that's the big thing to take away here i called them i explained what was going on um there was also damage to one of the chargers at the site so they asked me to take pictures and email it in along with the with you know basically like if you don't mind reiterate what you've already told me so that we get it correct and uh, by noon the next day, uh, the unplug share, the Durham location was gone. Only the Hillsborough location was there. It had the correct address and their map showed the correct address. And when I charged there, 
and I wished I'd taken a screenshot of this, it showed the incorrect address on the receipt. When I pull the receipt back up now, it shows the correct address. So cool. they've gone back and corrected their yeah. all data entries from I mean, that's a big takeaway. I, yeah. I feel like every interaction I've had with Electrify America to this support. point, one, it's been extremely professional, and yes. they are very enthusiastic and care about our charging sessions. Ben, do you remember when we went to, uh, Ben and I, a few months ago, took a Model S loaner car, uh, on a three twenty eight twenty five hundred. We did Ohio, Raleigh, Memphis, Bath. yeah, and an eighty five um, rear wheel. And we tried to chat him at a EA station. It was having issues, but I called and I immediately got a person. Yeah, and he was um, so interested in our trip and yeah, like how the Model S know, was. Yeah, he wanted to know a lot. Which so their support's very good. Charge point support, by the way amazingly good as that's well cool. i'd say they that's both good. are really good at that which is green like, lots you go is the straight worst to, yeah so i could green not lots disagree is the worst and it doesn't surprise me that that's the company that shell bought i'm just going to go there and say <laughs> oh it's now it makes sense it, all, it, all, yeah, all it, is clear now yeah, yeah. Uh, it's interesting because like uh when i first started using electrify america all i had was the motorcycle and right. electrify america was really what enabled me to buy the Hyundai to be my out of town car. Mm -hmm. And, um, I would call up and they're like, you know, what vehicle do you have? I'm like, I've got a 2017 energy Eva and they're like, what? (laughs) The first six times, six or seven times I called in it, that, yeah. What, what is that? I have no idea. A motorcycle. That's really, Oh dude, this thing looks sick. I just pulled up the website. (laughs) I called one day and I got this girl. I think her name was Jessica. And I was like, I've got a 2017 Energy Eva. She's like, oh, that's a very sweet machine. She's like, we oh, actually cool. just had a thing uh, go around um, uh, explaining the Energy bikes to us. Oh, cool. So that we were we were familiar with them. So they actually are like every They're time I call in, they learning. are. They want to they want to know more. Every time I call in about the Ionic, it's always a, a five minute conversation about how do you like the car, you know. Yeah, they are very interested in understanding their consumer. And I think that's a big, big, big thing um, because they know right now they're dealing with highly technical people that can help them get it rolling. But really, they're staging themselves for our parents who could care less Mm -hmm. and just want to plug it in and not think about it. Well, that's where we need to get. Um, So on the topic of motorcycles, and I know we're getting close to the end of the show here, I want to know your opinion. First off, because I don't know the EV motorcycle world at all, and I know you do. What is uh, the the spread of motorcycles? What's available now? What's coming out? Okay. And what is your buying advice for whoever the your target audience is? So your current players that actually have shipping products include Lightning Motorcycles out of California. Never heard of them. Yeah, you haven't. It's a forty thousand dollar bike. There's no. they probably only sold like ten or twenty of them. I don't yeah. know. Maybe more. Are than they that, the ones doing like that super bike? Basically, they're doing. They're supposed to have a thirteen thousand dollar strike model. Um, but they also announced that they're no longer going to have dealers. And so I don't know how that's going to work because my experience has been, there's no way I'd buy one of these things if I didn't have a dealer nearby. There's just, <laughs> there's not my zero needed tons of parts. The energy so far hasn't needed any parts. Yeah. Um, but it does require having its, uh, mineral oil cooling system changed out periodically. Oh, so it's mineral. Mm-hmm. Oil. Oh yeah. yeah. Is it a submerged I, I probably didn't system? mention that. So the, uh, the motor and the charge controller and the inverter are all liquid cooled. No, they would have By to be. Out submerged in mineral oil basically Uh, or the uh i'm not quite sure how it works it's got a radiator in the front that is doing an air exchange like any other cooling system but i know that there's two different types of mineral oil there's one mineral oil for the motor and then the other two systems are different mineral oil because that's a way for a while companies have been using to 
cool servers. They will take yeah. an entire server motherboard and, and they'll submerge just it. submerge it in mineral oil. Yeah. Like, and, and Wait, it's the, the circuit board yeah, not, the is thing. not protected? Yeah, no, you can no. basically take all the guts of a computer and shove it into mineral yeah. oil. And is just oil non-conductive? I don't know. Uh-uh. Oh, mineral okay. oil is Yeah, not. mineral oil isn't conductive. Yeah. Wow. So it's it's yeah. a really good cooling. I, I've never heard of that being used in an automotive application. I think they use some kind of AMS oil um, for when they did the when they did the change. But I, mm-hmm. you know, they they re- they recommend that you take it to the dealer for service under the warranty period, which is three years or thirty six thousand miles. Okay, and. Um, so I'm like, it wasn't expensive. It was like $200, maybe $200 to have the oh, maintenance that's not done. Bad. Okay. And you do it every like 7,000 miles. Right. And for the most part, these motorcycles are going to be luxury, fun machines yeah. for people. Yeah. I mean, especially most... like energy kits are not cheap. So Pete, this is, I you have, know. Uh, yeah, they're not. They, right. they start at just under $21,000 and they top out in the high 20s. Right. When they first launched, they were a $30,000 bike. Um, so they've gotten their manufacturing, um, they've improved the manufacturing and they brought that price down. Uh, but I actually have, uh, been on the phone with some higher ups at Energica and, uh, the, I think it was the marketing guy for the U S the Italian higher ups, (laughs) (laughs) the marketing guy is from the U S but the CEO is very Italian. Uh, and he's, he's, he's a gem. I, I I really like of course. (laughs) <laughs> but uh the the guy was like wait you have how many miles on your bike i'm like oh, it just rolled so seven thousand cool. miles he's like mine or no i'm sorry it had just rolled six thousand miles he's like mine just rolled six thousand miles the other day and i've had it for two years oh wow <laughs> you've only had this thing since august i'm like uh-huh is yeah. this <laughs> unusual I put 6,500 miles on my zero in 10 months and yeah. it was out of the, it was out of my hands being repaired for like two months of that. Oh, so no. uh, not of its own fault. Okay. Um, that it was a wreck and then oh, the tech on the right? test ride, I was fine. John okay. was the one who was riding it. Okay. And, uh, he is same, same as the last time he laid one down, he was making a right turn out of our neighborhood on a cool morning mm-hmm. and the rear tire slipped and it just right. came up. No traction them. control on the zeros. Mm-hmm. How about the new no. ones? The new one does. Okay. Yeah. The SRF does. Right. Um, but you know, so we damaged like, you know, $600 in damage. And then the tech did the same thing on the (laughs) test ride after they fixed it. So we got it fixed for free, which was cool. We just didn't have it for two and a half months. I see. It was very frustrating because zero is really bad about getting parts out. Like I'm, I don't want to have the Tesla syndrome. Tesla of it's a California manufacturing yeah. thing, which is why I would never consider a lightning myself. Cause I'm like, look, I've already had the other guy who's been doing this for 10 so, years and they don't have their parts network together. So right. no, I don't okay. even want to. Yeah. So you got lightning and zero. We talked about zero. The, uh, the SR is there was, was their sportiest bike. Now they've got the SRF. Basically they took an energy Eva and cloned it. Um, wait, so, so it has a, a two, Sorry, how many kilowatts is the Energica output? Uh, it's like 250 horsepower? Uh, it's 140 oh, horsepower. Oh, 140, that's yeah. right. That's okay. 11 the, kilowatt hour battery. Uh, yeah, 11 like kilowatt hour So battery. the zero matches the, those specs? Not exactly. On paper, it's faster, but it actually has a slower motor. Hmm. Um, I think it's only 135 Just horsepower. It's not. It does weigh less. Okay. It does weigh less. Um and it's got some interesting Bosch stability control built into it mm. and it's got connected features. Uh, like so that. like you can, it actually will let you know if the bike is tipped over while parked. 
for that's instance. really good yeah, on sensory the mode for bikes. Actually. Yeah, basically. So they've they've actually got some really cool stuff in the SRF. I haven't had the chance to ride one yet. Just we got to go of my ride schedule. one. Yeah, Can you precondition it with the app? Uh, no, <laughs> well, see, that's, that's my big issue with Zero is they don't they they do have a passive air cooling uh, system for the battery that's in the SRF, but they did not on any of the previous bikes. They were sealed solid batteries, literally lipo pouches, dropped oh, in loose side, this. wrapped oh in a metal case. They, and they would, would just overheat. melt. They well, those poor well, batteries. Really melt, but they would get had, hot. We really haven't had anybody who's had like capacity loss from the design. Mm. What ends up happening is the battery overheats to the point that you can't charge it anymore. Right, until charge, it cools yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And since it's dissipate, since it's doing it through dissipation, mm-hmm. it could take like five hours for it to cool down to the point that the battery oh management God. system would allow it to charge again. That's a yeah. huge Yeah, it, that's why I got rid of the 17 yeah. that I had. It worked mm. great in the fall and the in the spring. It gets hot here. But it could not be usable from like late May through almost September. But that issue is better on the new ones then. It's much better on the new one. Okay. Absolutely. So Zero is a they're also the cheapest bike you can get. Mm-hmm. So if you if you literally just want a commuter, I would recommend one. It's it's zero maintenance. It is it's fun to ride. It is a little small. Um, it, it was not super comfortable for me, but it worked. I like the um, dual sport, like the kind of off-roady mm-hmm. one, but with the big the, engine, the, the yeah, big motor. Yeah, like the that? taller one. Yeah, yeah the, the DSR. DS, yeah, the DS. DSR yeah. is the sport model. That's the one. That one's really yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah. And, see, and that's where they started was off-road stuff, which mm-hmm. is why they've got the sealed battery and the air-cooled right. motor and all of that stuff. Like, it's it's, it's where their roots were. Mm-hmm. Energica has been a track <laughs> product from day one right they they track it's tested those approach. cars for years yeah. The, yeah. The, 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 their vehicles are designed for people who go and race right like it's it's i'm literally driving a cadillac as a golf cart because i none of the road tripping that i do is going to taxes this thing anywhere near right because you're not be wide open on the road right. no. No. Just cruising. Totally does it have not. cruise control uh mine doesn't but the new ones do really and the new zero has cruise control as well oh that's good yeah cruise uh, the new zero has cruise and traction control so uh you've got so uh, you got those three companies energica and zero right then um, we've got harley davidson and now we've got well, harley davidson coming wire. out in august with the live wire yeah uh the so live wire is a model or yeah. is that a separate brand? brand. I, and okay. and it's model. Okay. you may have heard this. Are, are they, I think it was, it, every dealer now has to have a CCS charger. Every is that mandated that, if they want to keep their that dealership? Every carries the bike. Carries the bike. Yeah. Okay. So you can opt out of carrying the bike. It, oh. uh, I'm actually in talks with uh, Tobacco Road, formerly Ray Price, Harley Davidson here in Raleigh. And it sounds like Raging Bull Harley in Durham is not going to carry the model. They're not interested in it at all. Uh, we have another one in Raleigh. I know, but Raleigh is. And uh, I actually met the GM of the dealership at Eurobike. It's a beautiful dealer, by the way. It is. Very very nice showroom. I met him at Eurobike. I was talking to people about my bike, and he Mm -hmm. came up, and he's like, I need your contact info because I don't know what kind of charger to buy. I, he's like, I've already heard you talk about the shortest run. And cool. that's one of the things we've already had a conversation about. I'm giving him a parking space for this thing. Oh, wow. Um, he's like, and since you clearly, he's like, you're passionate about writing, but you also can explain the technology. He's like, I'd love it if we could throw you on our, on our demo and have you go and do some rides with yeah. it. It's a very unique skill set that you have. So I was like, that's really cool. Uh, I'm supposed to, the, the, they said sometime in June they were going to get more information from corporate mm-hmm. uh, on like the implementation plan. Cool. Uh, but I'll probably reach back out to my contact there because uh, they called me like he called me like a month ago and was like, "Yeah, we'll know more in June." But you know, like 
basically have like late summer available to consult with us kind of deal. And I'm excited about it. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not thrilled with the bike. I think that doing a sport bike as the first phase was a mistake. So it's a um, Harley Davidson sport bike, not a cruiser. Not a cruiser. Um, well, I yeah. think the cruiser is a, a ownership group that is a lot less interested in an electric bike, whereas a sport bike buyer might be younger and more interested. Do you not think so that's the case? That was their logic, and that's what their research said. The people who buy yeah. electric motorcycles are younger, this, that, and the other, so they geared a bike towards that. Here's what I've heard from Harley owners when I'm plugging in at the Walmart in Henderson and Wake Forest. Yeah. Does it have cruise control? Does it have traction control? Right. They want it to be I comfortable. They want a Model S on I a bike. I can't hold that throttle for three hours anymore. Right. And I see this technology is allowing me to continue my passion. Mm-hmm. So, Without blowing your wife's okay. eardrums out. Well, and, and, and this sounds very sexist, and please forgive me, I don't think this way normally, but they should have built the wife's bike. They right. should have built the bike that the wife would be like, I don't mind riding it, and then the husband would fall in love with it because of how simplistic it is. So maybe not the, the wife's bike, but a more accessible bike. Yes, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. a better way bike. of phrasing it. Yeah, yeah. but... If you've been around, if you've been around the Harley culture, that's totally yeah, that's yeah, how yeah. they would <laughs> phrase it. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I have no that's doubt about that. Phrased. Yeah, um, yeah. So, uh, but now I, I, Harley Davidson has a history of designing vehicles in wind tunnels. They have really good fairing design. They actually mm-hmm. have very fuel efficient bikes. Yeah, they've got a long heritage of racing like, and things well, they like only yeah, rest like that. They six hundred max RPM. Some of their bikes are twelve hundred pounds, and these things still pull better than thirty-five miles to the gallon. Like yeah, there are some sport good. bikes you can buy that don't even sure. that don't even do that. Sure. So if Harley comes out with a touring bike, which I really think should be their second act, um, and they do it with proper fairings and a slightly bigger battery. Hell, take a page from the i3 and throw a, a you know, partner with Mazda, throw one of the rotary engines on the damn thing. Just put it uh, in as a, a range extender. Plug in. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Something, yeah, make it make it a drop-in module. It's an right. accessory, a $2,000 accessory. You can have a, a literally a, a small two-gallon generator that will provide you another 100 miles of riding. I think they would not be able to keep them on the lot. I right. think they would sell like crazy because if I get tired, my wife can ride it, or whoever I'm with can ride it because they don't have to know how to use a clutch. Yeah, you know, it, less it tiring takes, to operate. It, it's less. It's less difficult to operate. Um, there's so. There it's the so same benefits you get from the car. Now exper- exactly. exper- there are so many people who have expressed interest in learning how to ride a motorcycle because they don't have to figure out that sweet spot with the transmission. Mm-hmm. Now that's not to say that there aren't manufacturers that 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 haven't put them in. Bramo, who's no longer around now, their sport bike. Uh, had a six-speed gearbox mm-hmm. specifically because the motor could only spin so fast, and so right. you switched to another gear. And I think that one could go 140 or 150 miles an hour. Like Jeez. up until recently, it was the fastest production electric motorcycle That's out there. That's pretty cool. It's impressive. Yeah. So we've come a long way. Everybody seems to be on the single, you know, fixed gear, um, no transmission, just motor direct to rear wheel mm-hmm. uh, bandwagon right now. But I do think that we will hit a point in the future where you will see gearboxes come back in. I don't know that they would be manually controlled, though. Right. Just let it be automatic. Yeah. And, and it probably won't be for... It'll be maybe an efficiency thing. It's not going to be... Yeah. Right. It's it might just be, be two, two very distinct gears. You know? Exactly. Right. Yeah. yeah. There's no need because to have a six a huge gear. Efficiency yeah. There's, loss there's when no you need for that six. Gearbox. Right. Yeah. There's no need for six. And Brama went with a six-speed gearbox because that's what they were able to you know, get from a supplier. They're cheap. They're already out there. Exactly. Yeah. You're going to use what's off the shelf, sure. you know, and just adapt it. 
Um, but one thing I wanted to say about Energica, because we were talking about safety earlier, yeah, yeah, yeah. they have this really cool prototype bike that's got three screens and a bunch of cameras. And so it gives you this 360 mm. field of view. Oh, very cool. Yeah. It's and hard like to see your blind e spot camera. on a bike. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That gives and you good awareness. Yeah. And, and they're really focused on trying to bring some of the safety technology we see in cars to motorcycles. Like forward collision warning yeah. and things like that. This no makes so one, much sense. No one or automatic braking. Yeah. Automatic braking, you know, like, cause the, the number one thing that kills a motorcyclist is someone making a left turn in front of you. Oh yeah, absolutely. If the bike yeah. could detect that before you do and automatically start to slow down. As long as you don't go over the handlebars, you're good. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So like yeah. they're really focused on doing stuff that I've not seen any other motorcycle manufacturer do. Mm -hmm. And they are the official uh, hardware manufacturer for the Moto E series, which is MotoGP's electric race series. Right, yeah. Yep. They actually had a paddock fire back in March. Oh, yeah. Wiped out was all it of an EVSC that caught yeah, fire was, and burned uh, the whole building they down? They had a portable EVSC, and it, it wasn't actually the EVSC that was the problem. It was the connection to the mains. Oh, so it was a poorly wired outlet or receptacle. It, 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 was ruled, it, was, it was ruled that the wiring of the building was what was at fault. Initially, wow. it was blamed on the charger. Of course, everybody was worried that one of the bikes caught fire, but right. that was not it. It was actually just a standard wiring problem yeah. in the building that caused the fire. Yeah, there's right. something everyone seems to have a fixation with electric vehicles catching, catching fire, fire when it Isn't is it like such a ten small, times less likely than a yeah. gas car, it is a at least. Infinitesimally small yeah. number of electric vehicles that have caught fire compared to normal vehicles, yet. When you bring up an electric car, people are like, oh, I heard those catch fire. Is yeah, their you know, first I, thought for I, whatever I reason. caught myself doing this the other day, the same thing for hydrogen vehicles. I was like, oh, didn't you hear that station blew up blew in up. California? <laughs> They're not going to sell those stupid cars. Well, <laughs> I mean, hydrogen's I, dumb enough to rag on, so I think it's okay. That's a whole other topic for another <laughs> yeah, day. That's a whole other topic. Right. So to, to wrap up the thing with Energica, though, um, they, uh, they rebuilt those bikes, and they actually just uh, the other day uh, completed the uh, pre-race uh, pre testing. And so Ooh. the race has been delayed by one month. It will start, I think it's July 5th, 7th, or 9th, something somewhere in there, but it's coming up soon. Where is it? Um, it's going to be done in Germany. Oh, cool. Uh, this round, of, so the first round of testing where everything burned up was in uh, Jerez, mm -hmm. uh, Spain. The second round of testing was done in, I think it was done in Italy. Mm -hmm. um, but the race is going to take place in Germany. Is it going to be at the Nurburgring or a private track? It's or a private track. Okay. Private yeah, track. It, it's going to be it's going to be on a MotoGP track. That's it's just so going to be cool. only electrics. Some of these racers are we posting the fastest times they've ever done on a bike, and the fastest person came in a half second slower than the record holder for MotoGP. So oh, the wow. electrics so are, are coming. Competing. The electrics are coming out of the gate very strong. Ooh, this is a company is that's exciting. in the midst of a Phoenix from the Ashes sort of story. And in the motorcycle world, from what I've gathered, because keep in mind I've only been riding for about three and a half years, and I'm not I don't consider myself like a hardcore motorcyclist. They the people who follow the racing are gonna fall in love with this brand. And so while they're very unknown cool. now and they only move that's a couple thousand need. units a year, they are staging themselves to become the next Kawasaki or Suzuki. Yeah. Cool. So they're pulling uh, a the Rivian move. They're the getting everything they done out of the way. They well, are. Yeah. That's yeah. Wins on Sunday, are. sells on Monday used to be kind of the, the saying with stock car racing. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. there you go. Yeah. I, and, I think and that'll I think bring that a new they're group gonna, in. I think they're gonna do it. And I think they'll continue to get their um, pricing down. Now it's another thing I want to talk about is the Ego Corsa that they built for the race has a battery. This is a model of bike. This is a model, model of bike. Yeah. yeah the, 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 uh, the, the, uh, Energica Ego Corsa, uh, has a battery that is almost twice the capacity of the current battery, but only weighs a hundred pounds more. 
Wow. So we'll see that make its way into a production bike yep. soon, which, whether it's swappable or not. Who which knows? means so trickle-down engineering next, will be taking place. The next round of bikes should have a 120-mile range. That's easily. perfect. That's so huge. like real-world range. Because they, they a, say my a, bike right can amount. do 100 to 120. But it can't. Uh, well, it can if you put it on a dyno, which is how they do the test. <laughs> oh, is that why zero bikes say they do like incredible range? Z- I will say this about zero. They actually do put a real person on it. They don't do the dyno test, but the person weighs 140 pounds. Okay. But I've seen like <sighs> 200 miles on zero bike yeah. quoted. Is yeah. that possible? Um, if you At 10 if, miles an hour. If you're a light rider and you're staying in the city and you never go above 45, yeah. No, but me where I'd be wide open Absolutely every hour. Absolutely not, okay. no. Yeah, but yeah. you'll never hit the rated range of any vehicle with the way you and I drive. Yeah, well, here's yeah, the thing I want. <laughs> that's the, that's what I've noticed is you guys drive a lot. I, I am an annoying person on the road for you Hey, guys. did you like that burnout I did in front of you in the Kona, by the way? <laughs> that was great. It was, was a great. long burnout. <laughs> I just laid rubber down the whole street. Um, no, but here's what I want out of a bike. I want a, a bike where I can go out with my, with my friends who ride KTMs and uh-huh. BMW adventure bikes. KTM's got an electric coming out soon. Ooh, oh, I cool. love KTM. They built yeah. some, the Austrian company, they're wild. They uh, make some good looking bikes. I want to be that. able to go on a day of riding with them. So mm-hmm. I'm okay if we plan a lunch stop at a charger, I can choose the location, yeah. but I need uh, you know, a, a morning ride, lunch and evening ride and then we're back home yeah so once yeah. i can do that a full day of you know four hours of riding one hour charge time maybe an hour and a half and then another four hours of riding with an overnight charge that's the goal for me because i can ride with my friends who yeah. have gas bikes at that point i don't know that the second generation technology will will have that it could if if it, it, and and this is something else that energy doesn't really do their bikes don't have any kind of aerodynamics of the fairings like we you mentioned earlier ben yeah. um they're efficient you know they can pull eight nine miles to a kilowatt hour but it could do double that if it just had more aerodynamics mm-hmm. and so because you have to channel air not just around the bike but around the rider correct. things like that yeah like people's and, and again, legs this is, are very this is something that harley shapes. has literally a hundred years. years of experience yeah, this is where they started developing really. yeah and so if you apply some of those fairing designs to the electrics with the technology we have now i do think you could increase the range by 30 percent mm-hmm. just by well i mean we know that because people have built custom fairings for zeros and they've increased their range 20 25 30 percent yep. with the fairings and you know how tucked down they are underneath the windscreen and stuff so like we know what the secret sauce is it's just no one has put the package together yet to make it happen and again, when I think Harley, I think people who go out for day long rides. Right. I really think their second act needs to be a proper touring bike. It needs to keep up with the other Harleys. Harley owners Bingo. all ride together. Yeah. That's if it true. can match the yeah. driving time and distance of a gas Harley motorcycle, they all ride in groups. They got to intermingle. Once yeah. we get to that point, I think it's going to take off. Yeah. Because once one person gets in, they'll be like, oh, damn, that thing's pretty cool. Let, get let's, let's hypothesize and take that a step further. All the bikes wireless, wirelessly communicate with each other one person becomes the captain and if they make a route change it's communicated to the screens of everybody else so no rider left behind this is 2099 yeah i don't think (laughs) it's that far off no 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 no. this is really cool that That would be really fun for hanging out and riding around i mean that's what they do you go up to the mountains it's all people are doing on their harleys is they're big groups they're traveling they're having well i think vehicle to vehicle communication then you're good needs to happen yeah and and i think it's going to happen probably to motorcycles first because in what groups do you you know, clans drive together. Well, it's motorcycle enthusiasts yeah. yes. and car enthusiasts on rallies. Mm-hmm. Maybe I follow my dad to the pizza joint one or two times a year. 
Uh, but but aside from that, it's people who are going places in groups that are not carpooling for the oh, most yeah. sense. Yeah, and maybe it doesn't happen as integrated to the vehicle itself as a bike. But you've got apps like Glimpse where you can track people's oh, locations. Yeah. And I yeah, think yeah, yeah. maybe the people tech's start. All there. I think we'll probably see that as apps, and I think we'll probably see you know how there's Apple CarPlay. Maybe it'll be the equivalent to a bike where you know you plug in your phone and then you get some of the telemetry from both Harley's items. Harley's bike somehow does that. It's supposed really? to. It's yeah, their bike is supposed to integrate with your smartphone and the That's screenshots, exciting. the photos I've seen. It does show directional arrows on the. Oh wow! Yeah, so I I don't know if they've actually got. Android Auto and CarPlay integrated, or if you have to install, like when you install the app, the the Harley companion app for the bike, like if that does it, or mm-hmm. I don't know how that magic works. I would think it'd be that. I think Apple CarPlay, Android Auto would be a little distracting on a bike. I yeah. think having something purpose-built would be very smart. And if they've got the software to back it up, like and, and that's what I'm curious app, about. So like Zero, Zero still doesn't, I, 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 don't, I don't think they do. I don't think the Cypher 3 system integrates with your phone like that. So Harley is going to be very unique and probably have the most um, uh, advanced infotainment system on a motorcycle, which if you've ever been to a Harley event, they have some of the most amazingly engineered audio systems for something that is open air. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I mean, like, this totally falls in line with a lot of the stuff that they've done over the years. Um, I kind of get the idea of we need to kind of, we, we need to become something that younger people think about, even mm-hmm. if the first product sucks, the fact that we did it at all is going to make them talk about us. Right. And that's what I'm seeing. I'm on several motorcycle groups and people are bringing this bike up. And every time before I have a chance to opine, someone's like, oh, well there's also zero. And then maybe somebody will mention lightning or Bramo or Energica, you know? And so it's right. like. People are become because Harley has said we're going to start doing it sparked this. Sparked interest in the it whole thing. It has sparked interest in the technology. Well, that's awesome. You know, and maybe this is for. a little bit like you know we wonder why the Audi e-tron gets all this press. Well, it's to it's a, a major lot of people, auto manufacturer it's going a normal whole car hog. too. Yeah. yeah, it's like hey, here's a normal car. Here's something familiar, but it's got that thing I've been hearing about, and that sounds yeah. really cool. Yeah, and well, it's both, yeah. and it doesn't matter if it's really amazing to that thing or not. You know, maybe Harley's attempt isn't, maybe Audi's isn't going to be, but it, it, let's, let's compare it's a it to connection the iPhone. people can okay. make. Let's, 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 let's dial it back and compare it to the iPhone. Yeah. When the iPhone came out, it didn't hold a candle to the Palm uh, uh, Trio line of smartphones. Yeah. Because they, you could use your finger. They were supposed to use a stylus, but you could use your finger. It could copy and paste. You know, you could modify phone numbers when you tap, when you tap the link, it would actually pull it up in the dialer and you could modify the number. The original iPhone did none of that. Yet the iPhone is in the US the number one selling handset today. And it took it to the 3G model, which had GPS before right. it really became like people were switching to AT&T for the phone. Yeah. That's and what then I did. when the four model came out and it was on Verizon, everybody switched over to Verizon. Right. And then by the time the five came out, it was on all carriers. And so it didn't matter who yeah. you were with, you could get it. And so if, if technology has taught us anything, and this is something I'm borrowing from a really wonderful documentary called Love Notes to Newton, um, it, Microsoft taught us that it's the third version that really makes it stick. Yeah. No one remembers Windows or Windows 2. They remember Windows 3.1. 3. 1. Yep. Yes. Not well, just 3.0, 3.1. 1. Right. It's going to be interesting to see how Tesla can keep up with all these legacy automakers well, making really good. Model 3 version 3, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, yeah, we'll see sense. if they can continue. I'd consider as 
the same version. Yeah, but I mean, I, I don't disagree, but I think now that e-tron's coming out, uh, e-tron, by the way, sure, the specs aren't that great. I think it's a beautiful car. It's going to be really well put mm-hmm. together, and um, I just, I mean, I think it looks great. The handwriting great. And it's a input screen is an interesting idea to me. Yeah, but it's taken from all their gas cars, too. I mean, really? that's yeah. no spec. Yeah, the no, A8's no done that for years. I did yeah. not know that. It's Everything in there is old. Okay. Yeah. It's literally like a Q7 from like five years ago, but like it looks a little bit better and yeah. it's electric. They and, didn't bring any new infotainment concept. You just summed up it. why everyone's talking about it. A major auto manufacturer that understands their base and knows how to how to cater to them built an electric car for them. And I think Jaguar right. did the same thing. Yeah. Well, yep. everyone who I buys an sure. e-tron for the first like year is going to be off lease Q5, Q7s who it's like the mom car of the family yep. who just drives around town and they're like, oh, okay, you're going to drive an electric car. And don't forget that free charging you get with Electrify America with yeah. e-tron. Right, That's three years, right? Uh, something, two I, years? It's, it's more than a year. I okay. don't know if it's two or three, but it's more than a year. That's pretty sweet. And that's that's kind of a big deal. Yeah. You know, you, like, well, I mean, Electrify America, we're going to do a whole, we'll do a podcast on that mm-hmm. later on, but like it can be expensive to charge, oh, especially when you're in tier two and you're charging a 90 uh-huh. kilowatt hour pack. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. So, well, I think we need to call that a show, but I, I, yes. I mean, I want to say like, I learned so much about electric motorcycles tonight and I think we should, again, this being our first podcast, we kind of jumped all over the place. I'd really like to do an, another show with you, Chris, where we can dive in on each bike yeah. and talk about specs and rollout and what that cool. rider that. is like for each bike. Because like, yeah. I know like what type of person is going to buy a smart versus what type of yeah. person is going to buy a model S, but, but I don't bike, know who's going to buy a zero, a zero versus a, yeah. or a lightning. Right. Yeah. And right. I think it'd be a good idea. We'll probably get some videos on a few of those bikes. I think you, yeah. you said you'll have access to a live wire. I think that'd I'm be a really excellent yeah. video. Cause I'd say we don't get the Harley thing personally, but that's something that intrigues us. Right. Greatly. That may make us go to the I Harley would, brand. I right. think they actually are about to launch a pretty compelling product it, to the market, hopefully. Yeah. Um, and with all that, I want to leave us with a final thought mm-hmm. for the podcast as far as uh, sustainable transportation goes. So you've got Lime, Bird, all the different little scooters. Yeah. Matt Ferris' piece was awesome, by the way. I haven't heard that. Oh, it was one. really funny. He compared all of them, reviewed each oh, one. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah, that, I, lo- I will have to watch that. Yeah. Um, it's, there um, is a jalopic. new. Uh, I guess last mile mobility solution that Ooh. has been released. What is? Can this? you guess what vehicle it is? It's like in the similar vein of a scooter. It's it's urban little small things that you lock up and you dock list transportation. Is it a moped? No, oh. it has no wheels. I have no idea. I'm lost. Heelys. Uh, Heelys. Oh, no, that has, that has wheels. <laughs> <laughs> That's a really good guess. Uh, it is a pogo stick. An electric pogo stick? How oh, no, I don't get, think it's electric. Wait, wait, wait. It's oh, just okay. a pogo stick. <laughs> what lawyer approved this? So soon, you know, as you're currently dodging birds and lime scooters in your car downtown, you'll have to worry about drunk people on pogo sticks. <laughs> I think it was a kangaroo or kangoo was the name of the oh, company. That's pretty good. I feel um, really bad for their whole lawyer team and insurance <laughs> company that's going to have to underwrite that program. But I'm just so glad that as a society, we've reached the point where dockless pogo stick last mile transportation is a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Chris, you got anything to plug before we end? Um, on on the micro mobility train, uh, I have, they're not taking the deposits yet, but I am technically a reservation holder for the micro Lino. 
Um, it's, uh, I think they're Austrian, uh, but the company actually makes scooters, like the little yeah. Razor non-electric scooters. Yeah. Um, but they have basically reborn the Isetta, the BMW Isetta, as an electric car. I love it, the car. bubble car. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Front, Does the, it have I a reverse at, gear? Uh, uh, you, yeah. Okay, because yeah. the old ones didn't. <laughs> yeah, it's got reverse gear. You got to push it. Um, you pulled it in your garage. Heat, forward, it doesn't have air conditioning. They all come with the cloth sunroof. Perfect. It's it's oh, it's sick. kind of the ideal. Yeah, it is. It's it's really the ideal. Uh, like it, it's the smart but improved in a way. I love but it. Every one of them comes with one of the company's scooters in its luggage compartment. Oh, no way. Cool. Yeah. So you drive into downtown and now you take out your scooter and you have that to run around downtown. Now. So I do that with my smart car, my little swag cycle electric scooter. Uh-huh. My swag cycle does like 15 miles, probably with a skinny person, maybe me eight miles, but like it's fun. And I got the whole thing in there, but that'd be awesome. My friend has two or three Isetas in Connecticut oh, from where I grew sweet. up and his dad like they're fully restored like they're it, is the i said a what what's gonna classify that electric variant is it a quadricycle or is it it's, a bike it, it's, or what? it's How gonna be it? considered a quadricycle, quadricycle. yeah so okay. i i assume they 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 fully intend no to thing. ship in the u.s um and so it's got four wheels so i'm assuming it's going to be classified like a slingshot mm-hmm. very cool like um, a morgan so yeah, three-wheeler it, it which is yeah, a, a, or a morgan a, three-wheeler right so which it, i want one to be electric so bad um, it does have seat belts. Very, I, I'm very fairly cool. certain it's got seat belts. And, um, yeah, I really, really, really want one. Like that's perfect. I don't need one, but if it's, if it's going to, if it's going to increase my insurance, like a motorcycle, I have to have one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, Chris, you have the eco Dweeb blog, yes. the yep. eco Dweeb YouTube channel. Yes. Where else can people find you? Uh, I am also on Twitter at eco Dweeb. Okay, perfect. So Eco Dweeb at all the places. Ben, you have anything you want to plug? I'll just plug us out of specmotoring.com and out of spec motoring YouTube channel. YouTube channel is most important. We've had a couple of videos pick up yeah, some traction watch this us, week. Yeah, uh, you offered my Model X. That was a pretty uh, fun do time. Some donuts in a Model S. And uh, that's about it. Probably, do, there's, there's do all some more the in the pipe. Yeah, yeah some cool do stuff. Do all the things. All right, cool. Well, uh, again, thanks everyone for listening to our show. I know it's a long one. We're probably going to cap the future ones at around an hour 30-ish max. I think it's about the right time. It's your commute forward and back and then maybe two days in a row. But we appreciate (laughs) you listening and uh, everyone have a great day. We'll see you next time. Bye.